Hey, this is Carrot Top, and you're listening to Vocal Minority. It's worse than getting your d*** caught in your zipper. Hey, what's up? This is Lars Ulrich from Metallica, and you're listening to the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve not available at Napster. Those f bastards. <laughs> Due to the adult subject matter of the following program, some listeners may find the content offensive, outrageous, or unsuitable. You know, like religious freaks, uptight losers, or little wussy mama's boys. Please listen responsibly. You're listening to the vocal minority with Nick Reynolds and Steve Harness. <laughs> mm. Hot. How much time? You're hot. Mm. I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. That is good. You're on the air. How are you? You look awfully nice today. Maybe don't wear a bra next time. How much time till we're on? What? We're on the air right now. I'm ready. Are you ready? Of course we are. We're always ready to be back and uh, on the interwebs for the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski episode recording number what, boys? I don't know. Have you lost track? 14. It is. 1-4, yes, sir. <laughs> the well, how are you, Nicker Schmickers? The uh, vocal minority. A little primetime action. <laughs> oh, yes. Dude, some primetime action. This is a lot of famous people starting off the show for us today. I can appreciate that. Yeah, dude, we got a lot of famous people on the program. As I go through the archives of the vocal minority, I forget the people that we came into contact with. We talked about Carrot Top the other day for quite a while, and I forgot that uh, I interviewed Carrot Top for another radio show. Oh, I was going to say, I don't remember ever talking to Carrot Top, so where the hell did that come from? But I had him, as soon as I got done with that other radio show that, uh, show that I didn't care as much about, I was like, hey, dude, can you cut a couple of liners for my real show? That's great. <laughs> Classic. Yes. He, he doesn't need props to be funny. He was giving us props, though. I guess maybe that's how it all works. Ah. Yes. Carrot Top. All right. Well, I'm the Carrot Top of this group, I suppose, but... Um, I'm wearing yeah. holiday red today as well, so I really do have a lot of red going on. You are, dude. Is that just a plain tea you got on right now? It is, yeah. I try to, uh, I, I'm trying to be conscious of the shirts I wear on the show so that when people see our little clips on the interweb, we look different. That's just my, uh, my thought. It was right. professional advice I was given. Somebody said that we should have different backgrounds every time, but we can't do that. We're doing a, a talk show here, and these are our studios, but I can at least be conscious to wear different shirts. <clears throat> and Nick continues the tradition of wearing different Dave Matthews shirts every show, at least. I just got a lot of clothing. This is a new one, dude. I got a, My anniversary, you know, was uh, this past week, and we... Yeah, you just gargled out. You say what? You celebrated what? <laughs> I celebrated my anniversary. Ah, happy anniversary. 14, yeah. is that right? Yeah, the big Look one. Old. What's going on here? Episode number 14, celebrating anniversary uh -huh. number 14. Carrot top, red everywhere. What's going on, people? See, dude, these are some good signs that we got going. I don't know if they're good signs or not. We got devil red happening, but, uh, you know. 14 is where my marriage fell apart, so get through one more year, buddy. <laughs> So if I make it to 15, I'm a champion? You got the record at that point amongst us. You got the, the quinceanera going on there, Nikki. Exactly. Yeah, dude. I need a good party. And we will talk about Brewski and I's dating life at some point here, and I hope it serves as a reminder to you to uh, keep putting full effort into that marriage. 
Are you a sex offender? <laughs> I'm not. I, I can't speak for the boys, but uh, don't you have to get caught? To ask everyone, don't you have to be, get caught to be a sex offender? Oh, that's a valid point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I like what you just said, Brewski. Well, it's a technicality he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. It's true. And what is going on with me? Am I frozen? You are frozen, dude, and you're frozen like an idiot, too, because it's just you smiling real big. I love that's it. fun. Just let it go, see. Just let it go. <laughs> Let's see how long that's still in last for. I mean, I'm talking, so but now we can make absurd gestures, and no one will know what I'm doing. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. I look happy there, though. That's good. You do. You look you really do. happy. See? Remember me that way. This is how you should look at your life of the small moments in time where you can say, you know what? I don't remember being happy, but yeah, here's a small moment in time I felt re- very happy. Yeah, All right, right now. You should use it on a dating profile. That's a that's a nice smile you got going on, and yeah, you're showing your teeth. teeth. Yeah, I teeth. you're right. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're doing what you love. Yeah, that's all fair and true. All right. Yeah. Well, if I die, this will be your last breath. memory of me. <laughs> you're not going to die, dude. Speaking of which, you got a dentist appointment, so there is a chance that you die today. What are you haven't done? I'm getting drilled in the mouth. I'm way behind. I go to the dentist every, you know, five, six, ten, twenty years, so I'm I'm overdue. I've been noticing a little funk in my mouth, and uh, as I'm getting back out there in the dating world, that needs to uh, be remedied. So... What do you scheduled mean, a dentist appointment. Like, I haven't had my teeth cleaned in, since 2015. Oh, I see. You you haven't been tasting a funk. You've been seeing a funk. No, I've been, yes, tasting, smelling, whatever. So I'd like to get that taste out of my mouth for someone else's benefit. All right. Well, This is driving me nuts that this picture is just staying on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, how long is it going to take to reset this shit? Come on. <laughs> I think it is gotta, fantastic, dude. You got to get a screen grab of that. Yeah. Well, it's going to be the entire show on YouTube, apparently. <laughs> so. Here's the thing, dude. You are moving a tiny amount. I mean, just yeah. I mean, just a centimeter here and there, so it looks like you're alive. Oh, now he turned his picture. I'm turning my camera off. Let me see if I turn it back on now. If that if that reboots me, or now I'll just have a black screen for the entire rest of the show. Uh, you're just a black hole. Hey, Fades of black, Steve. All right. It is one of my favorite Metallica songs. So. Oh, yeah. But seriously, what the fuck do I do about this? <laughs> Why do you feel left out of the program? Well, it's a little weird. I mean, I'm glad everyone can hear me, but it's, you know, they're supposed to be seeing me as well. All right. Well, what do you want to do? You want to reboot? I have no idea. I have no Why idea. Why don't you leave the room? Uh, seamless edit. We're back into the show. All Steve right. Harness was out of sight. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you were out of sight, dude. We couldn't see you at all. Now we're back. It's the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. And this is episode number 14 off to a tremendous start. You can find all of our socials, of course, on our webpage. Easiest one-stop shop, thevocalminority.net. Yes, I put a mild amount of effort into our website this past week, so uh, go check it out. I yeah, you put in more effort than I did. So. Well, that's all good. I uh, Yeah, I put some uh, actual social media links. So you can find all that there, the link to our uh, main podcast page, and I found out how to add our most recent YouTube video to the homepage of the website. Ooh, so you can see love, our beautiful dude. faces there. This week's uh, thumbnail features Mr. Nick Reynolds and his wonderful new background that my uh, 13-year-old son said is, quote, sick. That is sick. That's a bet, dude. I appreciate it from uh, Little Cross, man. Testing? I was doing a lot of different testing, and I feel like I finally landed on the right background for me at this moment anyway. 
Yeah, it's the VM that he thought was particularly cool, and he's he's right. Your your letters are awesome, so kudos. The cheapest thing on my wall. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, and speaking of which, by the way, this is a random question. That testing drop is that Crosby or is it Neo? It's Crosby, right? Crosby. Okay. Yeah. When you first played it, I thought it was him, but then the more I hear it, I started thinking, is that a very young Neo? Like they're they're blending together in my brain. Oh, I can see how you kind of uh, think that. But Crosby did a bunch of tracks for me a long time ago, and uh, this was from his greatest hits. Testing. Yeah. They like to exploit child labor around here. They're cheap. That's good. So yes, we do. Ah, uh, those kids of mine. So there you go. Uh, um, hey, dude. Uh, so, yeah, uh, let me just jump back. 14 years I was celebrating of my anniversary. We went out of town uh, and it was, yeah, I don't know, it was just kind of a shit fart, dude. Uh, I messed the whole thing up, really. Okay. I put this whole trip together. Yeah, it was a definite shit fart in areas. Okay. So we were supposed, our, my anniversary is on the 22nd. So it was the last Tuesday. So we were actually going to celebrate the weekend before since this is like thanksgiving weekend and everything else but uh i couldn't find anything that wasn't already rented out because i think a lot of people were coming into town and i started looking a while ago well you so, picked a prime holiday weekend so yeah yeah exactly so uh i was like hey this is a little bit lame i had an mri on friday that i had to stay a lot longer for than i thought i did uh, so we were going to get a late start. I'd said to Rachel, why don't we just go next weekend, dude? And, you know, then we can take our time with it. So we did. You call so, your wife, dude? Yes. Oh, cool. Right on. Uh, <laughs> I, had I know we make... call everyone dude, so I'm glad you keep it consistent in your marriage as well. So good. Go yeah. On. No, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I call her dude. Uh, <laughs> not at inappropriate times, but just like in conversation. Yeah. Sure, sure. Anyway, uh, so I have to make new reservations for this trip. So I go try and make them at the same place that I had made them before, and I couldn't find anything. It was like, oh, shit. Now I got to figure out something else to do. So I go on booking.com, and I put in the place that I had reservations before, and a couple of rooms came up. I was like, oh, they must keep a couple for booking.com or Priceline or whatever. Yeah. Or so I make the reservations, dude. And we're getting ready. I guess it's Thursday night and we're going to leave on Friday. Rachel's hanging out, looking over the website for the place we're going to. And it says, oh, we don't take pets. And, I, and we were bringing our dog. Hmm. And uh, I was like, that's bullshit. I searched it out, everything else and said they take pets. So I pull up my confirmation email. I made the reservations at the wrong fucking place. Originally? No, oh, it's time. a follow-up place. Yes, I see. Okay, and, and now you've already booked it, though. You're committed, and it's too late at this point to even cancel it mm -hmm. without just owing all the money. So I'll, we were like, "All right, let's go here," and we did, and it was a bummer, dude. Like, I mean, it, the it wasn't nearly as nice, and uh, where you, it was, how did you book the wrong place? Was it, it another was, casino or a similar name or something? Both. So, uh, Little Creek Casino is where oh. I ended up making the reservations. Been there, Brewski? Yes, I have actually. Yeah. All right. <laughs> really? So it's not a That's terrible not casino, but I mean, it's, it's Shelton, right? Yes. Okay. Which, therein lies the problem. Yeah. 
And I mean, uh, you know what? I don't want to offend anyone from Shelton because I'm sure there's some great people, including some people in my family, I suppose. But yeah. we have a guy <laughs> listening in Kennewick. Is that anywhere near this place? No, no. Okay, then you're fine. No one's listening there right now. So. All right. So, so you could rag on the place. The, the only way I can describe the people of Shelton are is like they're walkers. <laughs> they're, it's like the uh, yeah, just kind of very zombieish. They're kind of slow and they're constantly like their mouth is always open. They're like looking up at the ceiling as they walk. They take a pause and then kind of look around a little bit and continue to shuffle along. They're just real spaced out. And I can only imagine that it's either the combination of like a really slow life over there, a lot of drugs, yeah, and, uh, lack of sunshine. Of Is that what they're looking up for? <laughs> yes. When will this rain stop in Washington? I guess so, but yeah, it got to me. I mean, it, I was depressed by the time we left, and we ended okay. up leaving a little early. So nice. So it was a good, uplifting weekend. Did you have any yeah. fun? You have some drinks. You know, we always make it fun. We had some drinks. We won some money, which is always nice. What were you playing? Just slots. Oh, yeah. No, no tables or anything. No, I didn't pay any. And that's the other thing. And this won't bother you guys. In fact, you'll probably like it. But they uh, made it a non-smoking casino, which I am so fucking not down with. I don't understand why this is happening in certain areas. Because you have a disgusting habit. That's why it's it's happening. Listen, just just so you know, Steve, uh, I mean, Nick, uh, uh, the MGM Corporation actually just had a big renovation of the Park MGM Casino in Vegas, and it is completely non-smoking. And they are breaking in dough like you would not believe. Oh, really? That casino. Yeah, they, they've gotten a tremendous response. Now, I, I don't care either way. I'm a non-smoker. Well, I mean, I smoke cigars on occasion, um, but um, I'm not surprised by that. Because See, I am because I had read some research around here. I live in a casino town and they had said that smoking allowed people to sit at the tables longer. So they were afraid if they banned smoking, that people wouldn't gamble as long. But yeah, apparently not happening that way, huh? At part, well, and I think I think if every casino were like that, that'd be a problem. But I think what uh, it is, is, is yeah. that particular casino gives folks who want that experience like a place to go to it's perfect uh, dude it's perfect yeah. have a couple of them like that that are only you know that are only non-smoking i, I you think you were in an area great. that only had like one or two casinos right then it's a problem yeah i'm not on the yeah. strip i mean there was no, not another casino i could go to for miles and i mean for an hour yeah it's society trying to shame you did it work did you quit dude the society's <laughs> always trying to fucking shame me for smoking cigarettes and i'd say to you fuck yourselves okay because we all have our our habits and our crutches and uh because i can't see yours you feel better about yourself yes. get that? i thought you also chewed on occasion Let's get it all out there. I'm a disgusting human being. No, 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 no. Uh, but I'm saying you can get your nicotine fixed that way, too. You chew? I don't know that I've ever seen you chew. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I do. Not often, but I, you know, I probably chew a can of uh, chewing tobacco a month. One can a month. That's the habit you should be shamed out of. You know, smoking cigarettes is pretty mainstream. But, you know, I grew up in bumfuck Michigan where everyone chewed. And uh, <laughs> I mean, literally, man, you're going to rot a hole through your face. It's like radium girls. Your L- it's, gonna deteriorate. You're not wrong, dude. At the rate I'm going, though, I'm not in a good spot. I mean, I'm not going to live a long life. 
Well, not not to keep those things going. And that is such pure nicotine you're getting yourself. Like, man, you're that's that's something you got to withdraw from, to say the least. Oh, I could. I don't crave it. Here's the thing, Stephen. I yeah. I I chew. <laughs> you just selectively want to be disgusting. Listen, I chew on long <laughs> flights. Okay, uh, I and you're chew. sitting there spitting in a thing. What in the airplane? Yeah. Oh no! Well, first of all, it's illegal to chew on planes now. Yeah, most of them. Why? Because it's fucking disgusting, and people spill the shit. And you know, I'm sure that's. I don't want to watch a guy spitting sitting uh, six inches from me. You know. No. But yeah, it's not secondhand spit you're exposing anyone to. So right, I think it's just kind of day class A. You know, I think I just don't think the airlines want it. But they banned me from eating like egg salad on a plane. Then I understand. (laughs) You know, know, spitting, but otherwise. But yeah. uh, So anyway, yeah, that kind of killed the vibe for both Rachel and I. Both smoke, as you know, and uh, it's kind of like uh, smoking is one of the things. Like, oh, when I drink, I smoke. When I gamble, I smoke. I mean, I I do, and that's part of the fun for me. I said, you know what? The thing that sucks about this is that when I come to a casino, these things in order. I like to drink, I like to gamble, and I like to talk shit and smoke, dude. That's all I want. That's why I'm there, dude. I'm paying to be there. A lot of money to be there. So That sounds right. And I, there's a lot of the uh, depressing zombie casinos around here where people just seem to, I don't know how it carved out that niche for itself, but it's just all miserable old people chain smoking, sitting at the slot machines. <laughs> it just reeks of death in there. Or, uh, or it's the people that, uh, you know, that probably do do some drugs i'm not trying to completely generalize but you know the person i'm talking about that worked construction all week made a good amount of money and fucking got paid and goes and fucking kills it all you know by monday those people and bets on black yep Exactly. But they also they, they also cash their checks at the casino. They go to the casino cage. They That's sign exactly their check. Right. And, and uh, I was in Vegas um, during COVID, actually. And uh, I saw those folks sitting at the tables, not on the strip. This is downtown where sure. I like to where I like to be, you know, and uh, there was this one lady. You could tell she was uh, sitting there forever and she had a mask on and she had a cigarette hanging out of the left side of her out of her mask oh, while she was, and she's, she's smoking and, like the smoke's coming out of every possible area of the mask and her glasses were getting kind of smoky, too. And she's just like playing slots, like just like betting max and just like hitting it over and over again just yeah and she's smoking though like one the 120 cigarettes too oh yeah they're a foot and a half long yeah i mean it is the casino can be a depressing place for sure but i like it though it's got it's kind of fun I'd be willing yeah. to bet that most of those people that sit there staring at the slot machines to sit the button over and over probably then go and criticize everyone else for being on their phones all day and staring at your screen all day. Like, get out, go do something. Yeah, yeah. It's go, easy you know, to get trapped into it, Steve. I mean, if you enjoy it in any way, it's easy to get trapped into a slot machine. I, I don't, love playing slots. I, I'm, I'm like that with video poker. I'll sit at a bar, and I, if I got a cigar and a gin gimlet in front of me, yeah. I will sit. I will sit there and just keep them coming. Keep yeah. the, keep the drinks coming, and I'll sit there video poker and just just playing for hours. The only time I do that is there's certain casinos around here. It's cheaper to play video poker than to order a drink. And if you're playing video poker, they give you drinks for free. Exactly. So it makes more sense to just pop a couple quarters in every now and again and keep the game going. But as a general rule, I don't like I don't like gambling at all. 
In fact, when I first moved to Lake Tahoe, I was on the radio talking about gambling, and somebody called me. Like, it felt like from the mob or something. They're like, hey, hey, new guy, it's not gambling, it's gaming. You can have a problem with gambling, but gaming, gaming's fun. So don't be calling it gambling, new kid. He was right. Oh, wow. Then there was a horse head in my bed the next day. So yeah, you gotta but, freaking be careful, dude. That's how that town survives. Yes. I don't I, I like to get something for my money. Like the whole notion of putting money down. I spin some object, dice, a wheel, whatever it is, and then oh your money's gone. That was fun. Like, no. I, I'd like an experience, please. But the feeling, Steve, when you win. Well, yes, that's the problem now, isn't it? Yeah, well, I won this weekend, dude. Yeah, good for you. Did you? Did you come out ahead, though? Yes. You remember, we did an old vocal minority. We were talking about gambling, winnings, and losses. And some guy called us, and he was like, I gamble all the time. Last year, I won $100,000. And we were like, wow, how much did you lose last year? He's like, 200000 <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I'm like, no, dude, it. then you are, no, no, no. He's like, it's separate categories. <laughs> yeah, if I have to go to the tally, I mean, if I'm just going over like the last year, I've no doubt lost more than I've won. But those well, what about just that day? Like, did you come out ahead on the recent trip? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. And you know what? Here, I'm gambling for two, and so is Rachel, because if You're she pregnant. loses, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to break us even <laughs> for the weekend. That's not some sort of uh, bad relationship thing. <laughs> You're a team player, Nikki. You're a team player. Yeah, no, sometimes we, like, she like, wins. Sometimes I win. Sometimes we both win. Sometimes we both lose. But, wow. you know. I like that you're wrapping codependency into your gambling problem. <laughs> I wouldn't go by myself, and neither would she, dude. It is codependent. I mean, uh, we go. This is We take out the same amount of money every time we go, split it up, and go gamble. I mean, it's coming out of the same account, and we both have the same amount. So it's codependent. Yeah. Do you tag in and out, too? Huh? You tag in and out too. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's tag team, dude. We team it up. Yeah. I, I've hung out with Nick and Rachel at a few casinos. I don't know if you guys find it awkward of me just sitting there watching you, but I have no desire to join in. But I, I do like watching you guys have fun. And I, I gambled through, you know, by proxy watching you go up and down. It's funny that you say that, dude, because the very when you first moved to Tahoe, the first time that uh, I came to Tahoe, I was like, yeah, let's go out and hit the casinos. And you and Jamie took us out and watched us play. <laughs> I was like, oh, you guys don't play at all. And you were like, no, no, we it's it, people got to work two, three jobs in Tahoe. I'm just not going to give it away. dude. Yeah, which yeah. I get. I understand it. Well, and I know a lot of locals that spend way too much time in those casinos. Um, I remember getting a call once about a coworker where someone was like, "Hey, it's twelve noon, and one of your well, one of your coworkers is wearing a station jacket. He's at the blackjack table, and you know, it turns out the guy had a major gambling problem, and that's how he was spending most of his days." Oh, My wow. father-in-law, when I moved here, you know, pulled me aside and was like, "You are not going to spend your time in those casinos." And I was like, that's never going to happen. I realize now it's because he spent a lot of time at the casino right. yeah. projecting onto me. But no, I missed I my, my plane, dude, there. in Tahoe because I got uh, <laughs> trapped in. I got caught in the casino and lost track of time. Yeah. Hey, listen, they could be fun. I, I spend way too much time at casinos, mainly because it's where restaurants and entertainment are around here. But sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I avoid the actual tables, but yeah. Hey, so are the buffet, anyway, are dude, the buffets we, back, by the way? Are the what? Are the buffets back, by the way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I love a good buffet. You do. Uh, We've got some good ones around here for sure. So. Dude, I'll, I'll go to the prime rib table. I'm like, hit me again. 
Yeah, those, it, it sneeze, those sneeze guards are uh, COVID proof, so you can sneeze all you want on the food now. That's 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 okay. Totally. Keep the prime, keep the prime rib coming, baby. Yeah, the oh. food poisoning is still there, but the COVID's gone. So. Uh, I, I can deal with that. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, speaking of exotic locations, uh, gentlemen, we picked up some weird locations this week on the uh, the podcast map. Oh, really? And just oh. a reminder to everyone out there, I see you. I see you watching. It's fun. <laughs> I like to check the map. And, uh, I, you know, I text the guys throughout the week to, to tell you what uh, some of the highlights are. So some of these you've heard. But uh, uh, first of all, the, the Rainier Valley popped onto the map this week. What, Seattle's Rainier Valley? Yes. Um, Seattle. Um, I would say Seattle right now is probably our largest single cluster. Now, I was nice. telling you guys before that Sacramento does really well for us for some reason, but I think I figured out something. I've noticed on my phone that I get a lot of ads saying, you know, so you're dating in Sacramento or you're uh, you're eating restaurants. I think that some of the Lake Tahoe people end up pinging through Sacramento because that's hey. how this map tracks. It's where your server's at. It doesn't pinpoint to your house. Okay. There's so many people in Sacramento listening, and when I look at my Lake Tahoe map, there's hardly any. But I have people telling me they're listening around here, so I think part of that Sacramento traffic is this. Okay. Same with Seattle, dude. Like, your house, you're miles away, your dot. It's nowhere near where you actually live. But uh, I've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, uh, poaching on uh, uh, Twitter followers and Instagram of uh, of our Seattle radio friends. So I think a lot of Seattle people are discovering us through uh, through that. Nice. So nice. yeah, Rainier Valley came on. Uh, St. George, Utah just popped on. Utah. Isn't that entire state dry? Or is there any alcohol in that place? There's no, alcohol. The, the, they sell near beer there. Oh, how fun. So we're probably the most exciting thing happening in St. George, Utah. So welcome to the show. There has to be a couple of trampolines there, too. What of do you course. mean it's dry, dude? It's a dry no county you're talking about? Yeah. A, a lot of Utah, there is no alcohol. I don't know about the entire state, but uh, I don't okay. know why. I don't know why people live in that state, but, but hey, sorry, St. George, thanks for tuning in. Um, San Antonio, Texas popped on the map this week. That's cool. San Antonio, you're on the air. <laughs> the liberal part of Texas. Welcome to the show. Uh, you guys should vote for Beto Moore. That's all we can say, I guess. Yes, please. Uh, Denver came on the map. That's cool. That's my birthplace, dude. That could be uh, some people I know. Ah, there you go. Could be my old bosses. I used to work for a company out of Denver. Maybe they're spot ah, yeah. Uh, and then the the most exotic location, Poland. Some city in Poland came on yeah. this week. Krakow Polska, Jesus Nantini. <laughs> Very good. Is that Polish? It is, yes. Mm. Have they fixed their submarines here, there yet? Do they not have screen doors anymore? I don't know. Polish jokes? Anyone? No? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody? <laughs> I've heard them all. I'm, in all seriousness, I always wondered growing up as a kid, like Polish jokes were everywhere. Polacks, Pol- what, what did they do to deserve this hatred and being painted as being total morons there? Where did that come from? I have I no clue. It's just the way we treat people in this world, dude. And that's I- another, like I was trying to have you guys explain to me why do people hate Jews? Because they're, they're just white people. Why do Germans hate Jews? White people hating white people. Same with Poland. Like, why do we hate the Polacks? Why do we pick this one group of white people to make fun of? Well, with Jews, as we explained before, it's a more religious thing, I think. you know. It's yeah, not- sure. White people with weird religions. That doesn't happen everywhere else on the planet. That's and true. they're hated. Yeah. Catholics what, are what hated. The Polacks Jews do? are hated. We're going to have to get someone on. Hey, if you're listening in Poland, if you could reach out to us, go to thevocalminority.net. 
We would love to know why your country has been wrongly um, ridiculed. But then again, that just stopped at some point. I haven't heard a Pollock joke in forever. Well, go, to because... go to Chicago. You hear all you have lots of them. Really? You will? Well, there's a big Polish community in Lithuanian. My dad's family is lit from Lithuania on the Lithuania Poland border. And um, you'll you'll hear all sorts of jokes like that in Chicago. Midwest right. in particular. There, there's a lot of that stuff. Well, like, I did oh, grow up in the Midwest. So maybe that's why I heard so many Pollock jokes back then. It's possible. Like, like that whole bit on SNL, the super fans, Bob Swirsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we do have someone in Chicago listening, so you can reach out too and tell us what's up. Hey, Todd, how many Polish sausages you have? You know, that right. sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm craving a good deep dish uh, pizza place around here. So hmm. maybe Chicago could come out and help us out here. You, know, you should order online where I sent Brewski some of those oh, pizzas, dude. Blue Mel Nottie's. Yeah, yeah, those are really good. Those hey, are really dude, good. if you're looking for a deep dish, uh, really, I mean, order online Lou Mel Nottie's. You can get like five or six frozen pizzas and yeah. they cook up just like they do in the restaurant, dude. They're fantastic. They're, mm. real, they're really, really good. Yeah. Interesting. I did recently have a mail order pizza, which seemed preposterous to me, but you're right. It did cook well. So where did you get it from? Uh, the Hindenburg, her company sent, you know, some, some random gift from some oh. Bay area pizza place and sent a bunch and yeah. So you didn't go to cottage in and, and have them send you a pizza. Uh, I'm thinking about it. Cottage <laughs> <Inn> in <laughs> Michigan. I've taken that pizza on planes before to bring back to Seattle for, uh, for Nick and crew. So Aye. yeah. And every time, I mean, Rachel's brought them back. Harness has brought them back. Those cottage and pizzas, dude. I just love them. I, uh, the last one I got had no sesame seeds on the crust. I was devastated. I, you know, because it's not like seeds? you can. Oh. You got to order the right crust. The deep dish come with sesame seeds on the crust. Uh, yikes. Listen, oh, good, man. Brewski, I'm telling you what, dude. I'm not a huge sesame seed guy in general. These pizza crusts are unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I don't know. See, I, I, I'm a big Mac guy, but I can't stand the sesame seeds on that bun. Mm. You sound like my son. He's very picky well, about all these things like that. So. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's, all, yeah, that's interesting. I've never even tasted the sesame seeds on that bun. So if you hate those, you'd hate this, I'm sure. It is kind of like a hamburger bun. Like, I eat hamburger buns with sesame seeds. They don't really stand out. I, I'm not even sure why they're there now that you mentioned yeah, it. I thought it was just for looks, but... <laughs> Yeah, it could be. So, okay. And if any of these I, people want to uh, mail us pizzas, feel free. We'll endorse you on the show. Please. Yes. We'll advertise. Well, you know, you want to send us pizza and money, that'd even be better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll get to that stage. Right now, we'll just, we're willing to work for food. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Send it on over. Um, yeah. So, okay. That's my social media updates. Uh, I do have some comments if we want to uh, hear any fun comments from the, uh, from the vocal minority out there. Yeah. Mm the brand new uh, edition of the vocal minority. You know, when okay. we started this show, uh, the vocal minority was referring to the phone calls, people calling in, because we were giving you a platform to sound off on the topics of the day. But now it seems like the comment section is really what the vocal minority is. We are vocal minority. I think we should be prominently featuring as many comments as we can, quite frankly. What, on the show to read them? Yeah. I mean, we've already been doing it, but uh, I, I think it should be a, a staple of the show. I mean, we're, we're generating good comments on our own social media, but it's also fun to read sometimes other, you know, other people's posts and see the craziness out there. All right. Uh, you want to hear a couple? Yeah. Um, first of all, we did get some love this week. Uh, somebody on our uh, YouTube page had uh, commented, uh, enjoying the content. Keep the, uh, keep the short clips coming. 
So I wished him a happy Thanksgiving and told him, you are a champion. So, yeah. Meaning what? You know, we, uh, do they want us to stay short, keep it bright and tight? That's well, it, you know, here's the thing, guys. I mean, we've discussed this on the, the podcast. Growing the podcast, man, it's uh, it's going to be a slow process, I'm realizing, because social media, people can like it, they can comment, they can share it, uh, the platforms push it out to other people. But the actual podcast, I mean, you got to promote that. you got to get people there some other way. So we've got hundreds listening on the podcast. We have thousands right now listening on our various social media platforms. Yes, and, and we did. Uh, we had a really great month on Facebook. Facebook, we reached thirty-two thousand and engaged with twenty-two thousand people. Felt so good to see that, dude. I mean, it yeah. is it is growing consistently. Yes, and um, and yeah. So the social media stuff is fun because at this point we're basically doing this three-hour podcast, so we can pull clips from it to put on the social media page. So, however, we need to create content. Uh, I guess whatever gets the job done, right? It'd be so much easier if we just wrote the quick clips and did the quick clips, right? Probably, but then it wouldn't be natural and organic and funny and all that stuff. So, and oh, we don't. That's a fact. Right. And we don't write stuff. Remember when we talked about that, Steve? You said yes. how people wrote their whole podcast out there's a whole bunch of podcasters out there that write their show and then read it back to people and that's clearly not what we're doing here so but yeah i mean we're not capable of it listen the hardest part of the social media stuff and the podcast is actually creating good content you can know when and how to post and all that stuff you can learn that but you can't learn how to be funny and compelling and all that so that's what we do naturally (laughs) <laughs> that's right and honestly whatever works i mean we we have fun doing this podcast so if we got to do a two or three hour podcast just to be pulling social media stuff out of i don't care where we monetize the show first at just want to monetize it so so it's good to get a little positive feedback because as we've all learned over the years people generally don't reach out to tell you you're doing a good job they generally reach out to tell you you suck so usually that is the case yeah uh, we had a Trumper this week tell us to get new jobs. And I said, hey, unlike Trump, we're, we're employed. So at least we <laughs> got that part right. So anyway, so yes, yeah, so we, uh, we did get some love there. Um, we did a few political posts this week. and But politics are so weird on the social media stuff. Facebook does not like political content, which is so ironic because it seems like everyone argues politics on Facebook. Yeah, I think it's a I I think they don't like the content of it because they then they have some sort of responsibility to filter it and check it and make sure that it's fact checked. You know, yeah. Are we we certain, though, that that it's not because we're not promoting right wing uh, causes? Well, I'm I'm sorry, but that's that's exactly what Facebook has been doing for some time now, where right wing stuff, they can you can post whatever the hell you want. Yeah, listen, the right-wingers love that stuff. They uh, they gravitate towards it. But, but I can't figure it out because we post on uh, the Facebook Reels or whatever they call it. I think they call them Reels. And um, it, it's just I can go through our page, and it is consistent. Any of our humorous stuff, topical stuff, pop culture stuff gets hundreds if not thousands of views. And then the political stuff, two views, ten views, like single digits or, or you know low. It's It's very bizarre. So that has to be Facebook holding those back. Well, I think it's also the problem with uh, with the algorithm and all the political content out there. We're swimming in an ocean as uh, not a lake. You know what I mean? Yeah, there is that. But I would think some of them would take off because we'll have a video on TikTok. I would have thought TikTok was just for the kids. But our political stuff on TikTok gets thousands of views. And then the exact same video on Facebook will get nothing. 
So it has to be Facebook squishing it. And like I've told you guys before, Facebook made me jump through all sorts of hoops for us to be able to post political content. Not only did I have to fill out online stuff, they actually mailed me a verification code. Like, you know how some sites text you a code and you have to enter it? Sure. Yeah, I remember that. mailed me one. Snail mail. You know why that is? Because Facebook has now become the Facebook, which, which is nothing but grannies on there now. That's well, why. and they're 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 getting a lot of grief about Russian propaganda, you know, or they did. So now they're you know clamping down on who they deem as political. And there was windows going into the election recently where they wouldn't let any of us post political content. I mean, you can get you can post it on your page, but they won't let you circulate it on reels. Uh, they won't let you run an ad to promote a clip of politics. It's really weird. So I don't know. But my point is, some of our TikTok political stuff was uh, doing well this week. But again. Everyone who likes it is clearly a liberal that agrees with us. Everyone who comments is some pissed off conservative that just wants to scream at us. So yeah, uh, we posted a clip about you know was Biden really senile? It was me defending him. Like tripping on his tongue does not indicate he's senile, and especially if you're going to compare him to Trump or George W. Bush. You know you remember this chat. So yes, uh, so we got a few hated comments on it, but uh, one of them was. Uh, this guy speaks our language. He says, dude, you can't even compare anyone in history to Biden when it comes to not making sense when they speak. He is clearly senile, which is bullshit. Uh, my reply was, uh, Kofefe, enough said. Enough said. Yeah. It, I mean, it's incredible, dude. I mean, obviously, you know, I saw that guy's comment and he talks about, you know, oh, Trump, you can't even compare it, blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, yes, you can. But if you want to go back to history, let me tell you this, dude. You have not ever watched anyone run this country before Trump did it. I, I feel like all these fucking bandwagon political people right. for Trump are just like, oh, yeah, we've been doing this for years. No, you haven't. I, I know a lot of you that voted for Trump, and I, I know it was your first time you ever freaking voted, dude. Yes. Trump has got a long list of public gaffes he's made and tripping on his tongue. And again, I'm not criticizing him for that per se either, because my whole point was when you speak publicly for a living, you're not going to get it right all the time. And anyone can edit together a montage to make you look like a moron. But Trump's got plenty of that. And George W., I mean, may have even more than anyone. Well, we could even go back to Jerry Ford after he took over for for Nixon. Because remember, there was that that running gag on uh, the early, early SNL where Chevy Chase was doing, you know, Jerry Ford and just making all kinds of, you know, jokes about him not speaking right and tripping over himself and that sort of thing. And yeah. I hear Taft was a big moron too. So, you know, it goes back to my good. point. We have we don't even have a clue, dude, how many morons there were before this. But yeah, I mean, you make the point, Steve. Well, when Taft would send out telegrams, they were all over the place. You know, <laughs> you know, by the way, Taft once got stuck in a bathtub. No, I did not. He was, so, he was so, so fat that he actually got stuck in a clawfoot tub. Think about how big a clawfoot tub was is, wow. and and he got stuck in one of those. Wow. How do you know that? Uh, it's 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 something that's been talked about for a number of years, actually. That that he was yeah. he posted it on Instagram back in the day. There's a picture. Yeah, that's uh, Nick showed me a picture of somebody stuck in a bathtub once that still haunts me to this very day. <laughs> oh, I did, dude, but she wasn't stuck. She could get out. Oh, she got out and then some. Would you like to somehow describe what that scene was without completely making me vomit again? Listen, this is a large (laughs) 
Chinese woman. Okay. I didn't even notice her ethnicity. So, okay. Well, yeah, so she and she is laying on her back in a clawfoot tub and she the picture is like uh if a guy Tom Cruise Mission Impossible style was hanging over the top of her, so it's like straight <laughs> down on her. Hmm. And she is spraying diarrhea out of her butt. Obviously, oh. we're spraying out of her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And it's going all over her body, and she seems to be reveling in it. I mean, she seems to really be enjoying the process of being able to poop on herself. Wow. Oh, okay. And you can see now why this picture has haunted me for years. This was the infancy of the internet, where Nick's like, look at this one, look at this picture. And he shows me this woman giving herself a brown shower in a bathtub. <laughs> in, like, the birth po- you know, pose, like, you know, like, like she's got her legs up in stirrups or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it bothered him, man. And I, I've never yeah. been that bothered by imagery like that. Uh, I can stop <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah, but where Steve just can't. He dry heaves. Uh, what was the videos that we watched as kids before the internet came out? Like America's Funniest Home Videos? Oh, Faces of Death he's talking about. Faces of Death, that's it, Brewski. So, I mean, this picture is like the first really gnarly picture I saw before Faces of Death was all you could see on video. And then I see this at my fingertips, and uh, I was in love with the. That's when I fell in love with the Internet. Yeah. Well, it's been a long-running love affair, and I thank God have not seen that picture yet or since then, but I'm sure it's out there still. So <laughs> I send you random pictures that haunt you, so maybe I'll have to. I have that picture somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure you do. And you know the one that haunts me the most, right? What is it? It's of our very own Brewski. Oh, my favorite picture, Brewski. That's my... Uh, Which one is uh, this? It's oh, my it's contact my, picture for him, just you know, so you know. My phone. Uh, you took the uh, picture, posed for the picture, rather, when you were uh, staying with me at my house. We were oh, down boy. in the studio. You did the Costanza. Yeah, you did the Costanza on the uh, bed down in the uh, studio. Oh, room. okay. Yeah. You remember? Brewski did, did like a male boudoir photo. Yeah. <laughs> Where he sprawled out on Nick's bed, uh, <laughs> doing this sexy pose thing, and there was a long era. Whenever I would upset Nick, he would just send me a, that picture, to, to shut me up. You know? Oh, that we actually had this long running thing. I would send Nick a the clown emoji, and Nick has some thing where he hates clowns. So in order, every time I would send the clown emoji, he would reply with the Brewski boudoir photo, <laughs> just to negate things. And I said, okay, peace, tree, sorry, a true, a, a treaty already. <laughs> Stop sending me brewski in your bedroom, and I'll stop sending to the clown emoji. So. He always uh, asks me, why do you have that? Oh, here. Can I show it on the screen, Brewski? Yeah, I don't care. All right. That's fine. Yeah. You got to talk to him. <laughs> oh, awesome. here it is, Brewski. Here it is. You got the <laughs> finger you go. in your mouth. Your yeah. 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 Do you remember it now? I do. Very much so. Yeah. 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 It haunts me a little. That's my I give you comedic Bruce. props for doing it, but uh, yeah, it's so funny, Brewski, that when uh, you know when you call, that's what comes up. So my phone was sitting on the you know coffee table or whatever, and you called one day, and Rachel was like, "What is that?" <laughs> Did you tell her where the picture was taken? Yeah. Yes, I mean, yeah, she's known for a Did while. She burned the sheets, or. <laughs> no. I'll was, add that to the other uh, video for the YouTube audience watching. So yeah, he wasn't uh, naked. So. No, no, you're right. So. No, that'd be horrifying. 
Um, I found a brilliant way to shut down Trump morons this week. So we, you know, we posted this as Biden, uh, as Biden senile thing. And the, the Trumpers, I mean, I can read you some of the comments, but it's all just, you know, he's sure. senile. Biden's a part of a crime family. Worst president in history. Blah, 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 blah. So this one guy, I, I made an initial reply to his Biden's uh, criminal and all that. I did the same Kofefe thing to him, and he replied like, "Oh, Trump makes one mistake, <laughs> and you oh you can't goodness. compare that to Biden." What? I mean, first of all, calling it a mistake is being generous. That was like an aneurysm he had or something. He made up a word and tweeted it, yeah. and then never took it back or explained it or any like that. Actually, is more disturbing to me than tripping on your tongue. Yes, come on, dude. That and one mistake. Like, are you kidding me? Right. He's had a zillion of them. But so I, you know, I I wanted to shut down this back and forth with the guy. But and let's we, also not pretend that we're. That- oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Let's not pretend. Um, I, I wanted to shut down the going back and forth with this guy. And as we've discussed on the show, the actual reason where I'm replying to these comments is because it increases the number of views we get on our videos. Right. So right. none of you morons should be thinking that I'm actually trying to engage with you or change your mind. I'm just, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm using you. So. None of you morons, even if you love the show. If no, you... the nice guy that we just talked about, I, I, you know, you're, that's fun. And we've got some compliments, but anyways. Um, so yeah, I came up with this brilliant idea. So this guy's just defending Trump left and right. So I replied to him finally, and I said, you don't realize that Trump is playing you, just like I'm playing you and you don't realize it. Thanks for the extra views. Hashtag irony. It is. Uh, I saw that comment, and I was like, that was the perfect comment because it's, that guy's just going to sit and think. Right. What does he and mean? that shut him down. Yes. He, he never replied again after that. So, you know, I think. And by the out, way, you're not wrong. You are all being played. Absolutely. By him and us, if you see oh, me engaging with you. They, they are the biggest marks. Oh, yes. that's the thing. Like, Trump supporters don't seem to realize he is playing you. Howard Stern made this point a couple of years back that he despises most of his followers. You redneck white trash types, you think Trump would ever socialize with you, invite you into Mar-a-Lago or Trump Tower? You kidding me? He looks down his nose at you. He's exploiting the shit out of you, and you're too dumb to realize it. He's been and he on wants your money. It. That's all it is. He wants your money. Yes. The multimillionaire who needs your donations. That's yep. the other funny thing. Everyone's like, he's a successful businessman, which he's not. He's blown nope. daddy's money a hundred times over. But if he's so successful, why is he asking you for your money? Why wouldn't he just spend all of his glorious money? Well, yes. you know, he, he, he blew his father's money so much that his other siblings, siblings actually had to uh, put a stop to him getting any of his father's money. Otherwise, there wasn't going to be anything left for them to inherit. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's, oh. He's, a, he's, a, uh, he's a nightmare. Every way you slice it, he's a nightmare. But he would not spend a second of his time with you. He wants your money. He wants your loyalty. And you have all... It, giving it to him it's like those uh you know those and uh church guys that say like hey if you want your cancer to go away you know like you can't afford the chemo you know send me 20 bucks and i'm gonna pray for it and like yep. the people do it and they really think that that's gonna come true it's the same freaking thing you're a sucker you're being grifted Here's a comment that is just, it's so ironic that, you know, this guy can't even see the forest through the trees. Uh, He says that you have to be a communist to defend Biden. 
So let me pause right there. I always love it when we're using our First Amendment rights to express our opinions and somebody's reply is, you're a communist. Like, we're in America. We get to do this. We get to have these debates and have our opinions. But your retort is, I'm a communist. Like, bite me. Uh, Biden isn't, his entire family is criminals. Again, the irony of Trump having all of his family involved in all of his, you know, shenanigans, making money off the White House. Could you imagine if Obama had his kids working there and they made millions of dollars while working at the White House? Oh, dude. I mean, well, like you said, it would never happen, dude. And I and it's so funny. They can't even be a part of a charity anymore because they ripped charities off, dude. Like, <laughs> yes. what, when are you going to wake up and smell the covfefe, dude? Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, it just goes back to that original point. Trumpers don't seem to understand that he is playing you. If, you're yes. some, uh, if you have a golden toilet, then you and Trump have some simpatico things going on. But otherwise, the rest of you, like, he's just playing you. So. Well, you know, his golden toilet isn't even actually golden. You know what, what? it is? It's brass. <laughs> what you say? It's, just, it's, it's brass. It's polished brass, which oh, just shows you. But but the, but, the, but that just shows you that it's all phony. It's all a facade. Yeah. Every last bit of it, you know. Why yes. not just paint it gold then? Why why go with brass? That's got to be cold too, by the way. Because because it's a hotel thing. Uh yeah. Imagine you know? the dumps that guy takes in that toilet, dude. Because of all the crap he eats, it's just wait, he's just shitting out Big Macs and Diet Coke. Wait, but right. wait, wait, are you talking about the ones that actually make it to the toilet, the ones that that he <laughs> that he leaves in his depends? You think that he has diapers, son? Look look at the pictures of him. Look how puffy his ass is. There's no way his ass is that big. Yes, he eats a lot of shit, but the only but his his ass is padded because he wears he wears diapers. There's a story there was a story <laughs> that when he was in the White House in the morning, well, first of all, he slept in a separate bedroom from Melania. Sure. They, that goes way back. But his sheets would have to be taken off his bed every single morning by staff members, and they wouldn't let. They had certain people who were allowed to go in and take the sheets off the bed before other folks could go in and talk to him. I thought that was from the Russian hookers giving him a golden shower every morning. That, no, no, this is this is <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's that. But well, why? then if he's he so old, stains he... on the sheets. You mean? Yep. Well, again, you know, we've been talking about old age should not be held against you until you're displaying signs of it. So, yeah, if he's uh, crap in the bed every night, not a good sign. Wow. Leakage, a little leakage there, you know. Yeah. They said Joe Biden was pooping his pants, too. I mean, there were a few stories out there of Joe Biden pooping his pants. I don't know why these presidential types well, are pooping their pants other than the fact that they are, you know, past the age range of the pooping phenomenon. But we've seen Joe Biden riding a bicycle, where, and he, he's wearing bike shorts, which is horrifying as it is. But, but I mean, he rides by the bike. He walks around, and he never looks like his body is out. Like, yeah, like, no, that's fair. Out, and I, you know? I love to see conservatives making fun of Biden for when he fell off the bike. Uh, when was the last time you saw Trump on a bike or walking or <laughs> doing anything active? Yes, I he mean, rides yeah. a golf. He rides a golf cart, and that, oh. You know what? There were those pictures of him playing tennis. 
Look at the tennis pictures with the white shorts on. Tell me that guy isn't wearing a, a diaper around his yeah. tidy whities yeah. yeah, that's probably true. Uh, that's a fact. All right, we're calling it a fact. <laughs> Trump wears diapers, dude. <laughs> you heard it here. You can uh, <laughs> cite us as a credible media source now for that story. Yes, so. you can. Improv. A lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying, Trump yeah, wears uh, his pants. Trump wears I'm just pants. asking questions. I'm not saying. I'm just asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying Trump wears diapers, but Trump wears diapers. <laughs> well, it'll be a shit show for the next two years, to say the least, as we watch Trump try to run for office. So uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, right, well, I don't know. He's he's already shitting his pants with Jack Smith. Holy crap! Is he shitting his pants? Who's Jack Smith? The special counsel that was appointed by Merrick Garland. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Merrick Garland is an institutionalist, and he's yeah. afraid that that everything's going to look political. So he appointed Jack Smith. And Jack Smith actually filed a, a brief to the court on Thanksgiving. Oh, he's a worker. He's, he's a worker. Yeah. And um, Trump's already attacking him, saying that um, Jack Smith is uh, partisan because Jack Smith's uh, wife worked on a documentary about the Obamas. Mm. Oh, come on, dude. Even hey, listen, Trump, even when you pick people, they don't side with you. Yeah, I mean, you, you're never going to pick the right person to see in court. Yeah, I it's mean, even the people victim. that you place there disagree with your shit. Well, and it's all bullshit again. I mean, the guy, everyone's got their political opinions, but some people in their jobs are forced to put it aside. But obviously Trump is just trying to find something to uh, debunk him and take him down a notch because he's shitting his pants that this guy is going to prosecute him, and he probably is. Oh, yep. I hope it happens. Or refer him for prosecution anyways. But Well, and, and Jack Smith was actually prosecuting war crime criminals at The Hague so it's not like he hasn't prosecuted really awful people who've done really awful right. things. He's not afraid to do that sort of thing. And Jack Smith has a seven-nation army. So, oh, that's Jack White. Yeah, that's oh. Jack White. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, what do we think about uh, Trump hosting the uh, white nationalist along with Ye at, uh, at Mar-a-Lago last week? That was uh, quite something, dude. Uh, from what I read about it, anyway, I mean, it was all over the place. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was really in line, actually, with the way Trump does things. But I thought it was hysterical that Ye uh, said, "Hey, let's do a ticket together." <laughs> Ye and fucking Trump, come on, let's get it on. No, actually, uh, Kanye or Ye, uh, he actually wants to run on his own. That's why Trump yelled at him and told him not to run, that he was wasting his time. Yeah, well, yeah but in this meeting, he asked Trump, hey, let's be on the ticket together. I just think it's hilarious that Trump has tried to defend having this white nationalist as like... Nick Fuentes. I yeah, I didn't know he was a white nationalist. Like, first of all, bullshit. But secondly, that's a terrible defense. That somehow a white nationalist snuck into your home, you had no idea who you were inviting in. That, that actually is worse than knowing he's white nationalist and inviting him in. And actually, even to get close to the former president... You have to be vetted by the Secret Service, which Trump has protection from as a former president. So yeah. he would absolutely know. It's yes. just like when Trump would fire somebody that he hired and then be like, man, this terrible person, incompetent. Like, you're the one that hired him. 
your defenses, they're incompetent, terrible people. Well, then you're terrible for hiring them in the first place repeatedly. Well, and six months ago, you told us, like, oh, they're wonderful, wonderful, amazing at their job, so good. You're acknowledging you're a terrible judge of character. That's not a good trait for a president. Yeah, well, we've seen it over and over again. Everyone he's brought on that's so good, so good, has ended up being a shit walker, dude. Yeah. Did, did you see Jared in the uh, in M- MBSs and also with the Qatari Emir in their box for the uh, the World Cup? No, that's all. Yes, awesome. Jared Ivanka and the kids. Well, I mean, listen, he's 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 got to go there and he's got to kiss up to them, you know, for giving them the two billion dollars uh, as he was leaving. You know. Yeah. Uh, here's a funny article. Speaking of his, you know, former uh, inner circle, uh, Trump's disturbing dinner at Mar-a-Lago last week with Holocaust-denying white supremacist Nick Fuentes is further evidence that Trump is quote sliding deeper into the heart of darkness since he lost the 2020 election. A one-time top aide to former Vice President Mike Pence said, uh, "There is no excuse for it." He added, "Incredibly poor judgment." Like, yeah, no shit. Ever since the election in 2020, I think the former president descended deeper into the heart of darkness here. I think it's a big challenge and another reason Republicans are looking in a different direction for 2024. Thank God. Well, you've got Mike Pompeo and you also had um, Paul Ryan, you know, uh, Ayn Rand lover number one uh, saying, you know, we, we should move away from Trump. Paul Ryan said, I believe uh, with Trump in 2024, we're that's a loser for us yeah i'm on the fence between let's 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 watch the shit show or let's see if the republicans wake up and get a clue ahead of time and throw them out of there but like i said they he's probably just gonna run as a third candidate a third party candidate yeah that's what happen, we want which yeah it would be just glorious so yeah do the ross perot yeah man we'll see can i finish uh speaking of uh social media are you guys familiar with be real the be real social media site to yeah. be real See, i was thinking be real from cypress hill but no i don't know otherwise now that's an app i could get down with hanging out with be real but yeah now there's a uh there's a social media network out there called be real and their their concept in this article i was reading has said that in the last year they're you know they're taking off and maybe they're going to be the new uh, big contender but the premise is as we're all aware facebook is really fake book right we all post the good stuff. We don't. Oh, yes. We don't post the shitty moments of life or the real moments of life. So this network, this be real thing, they'll send out an alert once a day saying something like, you know, thirty minute warning, ten minute warning, and when you hit zero, everyone on the app has to take a picture of whatever you're doing at that moment. Be oh, real. Yes. Fun. Yeah, I ha- I do know about it, Steve, and I just didn't know it by name, but I had uh, read a little bit about the whole thing or watched a video on it, and uh, it looks like TikTok's already trying to uh, compete with it at this point. They've got yes. something on there yep. called Now or something like that where you... You take a picture first thing in the morning or something. So I think it's uh, I think it's a good idea, and I think it's probably going to take off. I don't know why I haven't become a be real user yet. Do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have no interest. I mean, I'm why? part of the well. Social media is fake. I mean, it's not that it's fake, but you're doing it to share the good stuff in your life. You know, a trip I took or a birthday celebration. Like, you you want a picture of me shaving or eating a sandwich? Whatever I'm doing at this moment, that seems unentertaining to me. My whole point of Facebook is to chronicle my life. 
so I can go back and look at it. I don't need to see that I was popping a zit Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Well, mean, maybe it's just to uh, get some mental health uh, back in this country, right? Uh, the illusion that our kids see that everyone's life is fantastic other than sure. ours. Yeah. I don't know that I want to see all of your real lives, quote-unquote, either. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's something worth trying for a month or two and see what the results are. Uh, maybe it's fun. I mean, I don't know. But then again, I would just, as the countdown comes in, I'd be like, all right, I got 30 minutes to do something cool. Let me go get on a mountain. <laughs> let, me, you know, let me give us some beautiful woman. I'll pose for a selfie. You know? you know what? It would be a better system if everyone had a random time and an alarm went off and you had to do it right when that alarm went off. It'd be more yeah. realistic, you know. Because yeah, you're right. You'll be planning. Like, hey, I got to make sure I'm in the back room looking out the window <laughs> in four minutes. Yeah, grab a guitar. So I don't yeah, know. But right. yeah, they say it's really taken off. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should jump on there and try. Or do a I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I'll do it. Brewski's going to do it. Why wouldn't we? <laughs> well, uh, speaking of being real, how was everyone's Thanksgiving? Which was last week, for those of you listening to the podcast. Anything uh, noteworthy? Go ahead, Brewski. Uh, no, I, I, you know, Sister Brewski and I just, I cooked dinner for us and we just kind of hung out. That's it. Didn't, right. didn't do anything other than eat and uh, drank a lot of whiskey and that's about it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, does Sister Brewski does not drink. Is that right? Uh, not really, no. I'll, sit, I'll talk her into like a, a Belvedere and Cran every so often. She likes Belvedere vodka. But you get you got got to put like the least little bit in it. She's just not a drinker. That's all. Yeah. So were you? Uh, did you get a little buzz on? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a you know me. I'm a booze hound. So you're yeah. a boozer, dude. I know. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Dinner turned out all right. Yep. Just just a turkey breast because it's just the two of us. Just, and yep. Nice. Yeah. Facebook recommended me this week to be friends with uh, with Becky. You should do it. She's good people. I'm sure she is. I just thought that was really weird. I've never seen that before. And then, you know, like two weeks ago on the show, I was jokingly saying like, hey, you know, is sister good looking? She want to move out west? Like, what's going on here? And then Facebook, apparently spying on me, was like, hey, we recommend you guys be friends. So You know what they usually say? The reason for that is, is that if you see people come up on you or, you know, you may know or you yeah. could be friends of friends, it's because they've been looking at your profile. Or have checked your profile. Or vice versa. Like, I looked yes. at your guys' Thanksgiving post. Maybe that's why. It, yep, you know, because said, maybe so. she was tagged in it. You yeah. know, that type of thing. So, yep. Well, yeah, I agree. I'll put another mark for good people. You should uh, befriend her. We we did go to a concert the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, I saw yeah. that, dude. You guys are always uh, hitting up you shows. You went to watch Symphony, though, right? Oh, we went to the, we went to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yes. Nice. Which yeah. is actually... Is that fun. The electric guitar too? Do they do that? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's cool. like the three guitarists, and they've got the the symphony behind it, and um, they've got singers, and it's it's actually a lot of fun. You you dig it a lot. The light show is pretty crazy too. Yeah, right on. Were you a little sloshy yeah. for that? That sounds like a good stoner event. No, well, well, I mean, we not. I wasn't drinking before and afterwards when we went to dinner. I had a couple of drinks, but. Uh, but uh, no, not not for the show itself. Yeah. There's very few shows I want to see sober. Really? I don't care if it's a movie or a live show, like weed, alcohol. Like I, I can't remember the last time I saw some live events sober. It's weird. Why? Why is that? 
Because weed makes everything better, man. <laughs> Is that really it? I mean, you just feel like it's enhanced? I think so. I mean, it, 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 anytime I'm going out for some fun event to have a drink or to have a few hits, like it always, you know, mellows you out a little bit. It makes you a little more prone to have fun. So, yeah, you know. That's what we call a problem, Steve. How, how, was, how were your Thanksgivings, guys? Uh, my, my Thanksgiving was nice. My Thanksgiving was simple. And uh, I felt loved, and I felt like I was thankful. You know that I, I, everything went off without a hitch. I suppose. Did your mom come over to your house? Uh, we went over to my sister's house, and mom oh, nice. came over there. So yeah, we did. Uh, you know, just classic turkey. My brother-in-law smoked a turkey. Okay. That's what I'm talking about, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, dude. Yeah. Why are you guys both excited about smoking a turkey? Yeah. yeah. Hit that shit. Get that trip to fan a different way. That's right. Yeah. You gotta be stoned for Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, it's the ultimate munchies, right? <laughs> no, I don't know that I've ever been stoned for Thanksgiving dinner, dude. Really? Oh, really? Like, you do that every year? I don't know that I've not been stoned for Thanksgiving <laughs> since high school. You know, since before smoking. Yeah, for sure. Wow, I didn't ever. I would have never made the connection. It's a munchy holiday. It's the whole point is eating food. So yeah. But you're hanging with your kids. I mean, and everything's just, you know, better. Dad's in a better mood when he's taking a few hits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I did advice. not. Uh, maybe I'll try that next year, dude. You should. Yeah. And Steve, how was yours? Well, well, mine was good. So we uh, we did a bringing together of the two sides of the family for Thanksgiving this year. Uh, my ex-wife Jamie and her new guy Charlie, and uh, me and my uh, my my best friend Rosie and her five fingers. Uh, we all got together with the kids and did Thanksgiving together. Um, this does bring up an interesting question, though, that I have for you guys. Like, what? It, it's about ex etiquette, like hanging out with your ex and uh, and their new people. Um, you know, are there jokes you're not supposed to make topics you're not supposed to bring up about your past relationship? I saw a good college humor video about, you know, two people meeting each other, you know, with their new people and running into their exes and the two exes, you know, kept making, you know, inside jokes to each other and their new people did not seem to appreciate it. Mm. And they, yeah. Brought up this topic of like, uh, you know, how are you supposed to act around the exes? Cause uh, my ex-wife, and I know Charlie's going to be listening to this one of these days, so maybe he, he might comment uh, you know, off air here as to whether he picked up on this or not. But uh, my ex-wife, and I'm not saying she did this to be you know, mean or cruel or anything, but she was, uh, she was bringing up a lot of references to our past, you know, fun oh. stuff, jokes, you know, the good old days, you remember this, you remember that. I mean, even to the point we were talking about she and I being in a hot tub together once, you know, getting involved. <laughs> And they are good memories and all that, but I, I felt a little awkward for Charlie that, you know, there's all of this reminiscing about uh, the days of Steve and Jamie being married. And I don't know if it made him uncomfortable or if it's just natural dinner talk. I understand that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's one you're going to have to navigate on your own, dude. I mean, if, here's the thing. I think it's fine unless, if you feel like it's a little inappropriate or you just feel like it may be making Charlie feel a certain way. Maybe you just pull back on it a little bit and don't respond as much as you might 
well, have yeah. in the past. That's part of the awkwardness because in the moment, my thought is I didn't bring this up, but it would be weird if I just didn't comment on it or shot it down. Sure. But so maybe I, you just don't keep it going. Maybe you make the comment and not add to the story to keep it going. Yeah. Or if it's really on your mind, I would just ask Charlie, like, hey, you know, just be, I would be up front with that, dude. That's a vulnerable moment to just be like, hey, you know what? I felt this way, and I just wanted to make sure you didn't. And if you did, I wanted to address it, you know, because this is all new. I've had same same thoughts and feelings with hanging around my ex with Rachel. Yes. Would you make a a joke like that, an inside joke with Heather in front of Rachel, or talk about a time you guys were hot tubbing together and getting all drunk? Uh, I don't know if the hot tub thing would come in, but I would definitely, we did talk about inside jokes, and I guess looking back on it, uh, I just explained them to Rachel to make her a part of what we were talking about, you yeah. know. Did you ever get a comment later, Home Alone, like, hey, what's up with the, all the jokes or whatever? No, Rachel uh, wrong? the no. biggest thing is is that I had a nickname for Heather that, you know, I called, I, I never called Heather by her name. Right. I always had a nickname for her, and it, she had the same nickname for me, which was just a stupid fucking nickname, but calling, having Heather call me that in front of Rachel and me calling her that in front of Rachel, right. I got a comment on that. Like, that's yeah. what I'm talking about right there, though. That's like an inside joke. That's, that's a pet, the that's a pet name, though. I think that's that's a little more intimate than sharing even the hot tub story because the pet name is is really intimate and, and deep in the relationship. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I would say you're right, Brewski, but like even Heather's dad called me this nickname, like it wasn't <laughs> something that we just all called it, you know, like in the bedroom or anything like that, sure. but yes. So when I explained it to Rachel, I mean, she completely understood, but she had a question about it for sure. So I, I would not, I, I would be willing to wager that maybe Charlie either brought it up to Jamie or if he didn't, he wanted to just to ask a couple of questions to be yeah. reassured. And that's the other thing. Like a part of me wants to talk to him about it, but I, I don't, I'm not getting involved in their relationship. If it's an issue, those two should be talking about it. I shouldn't be bringing it up. Exactly. And, and if there, if it is an issue, then, then let them come to you and talk to you about it. You don't need to be stepping into it unless no. you're absolutely necessary. Yeah. I won't bring it up unless it's on a global podcast. But besides that, <laughs> I'll just leave it alone. Cause yeah, like if, if they, if he's got a problem with it, it's her. I didn't, I didn't bring any of these things up. So sure. But yeah, I don't know. It made me feel uncomfortable for him. That's, that's my main point. Well, then maybe that's what you tell him, dude. Here's the thing. You brought it up on the podcast. Now he will have a chance to bring it up with you if he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. I'll let you know how that goes. So. Yeah. Otherwise, no, Thanksgiving was really good. And, um, you know, I've been talking about you know struggling with the holidays here with the new family dynamic and all that kind of stuff. So Thursday went well. Uh, the kids then, you know, went back to uh, my ex's house after that. And I, uh, I spent Friday and Saturday uh, solo and. Uh, things got a little dark, but um, you know, I pulled out of it. And what do you mean a little dark, dude? I, I, I was a little, little sad and lonely. Like I went from, you know, I made it through Thanksgiving and I felt good about that, but then I'm right back to being this, you know, not even single dad, just single person because the kids were gone, so I'm just home alone and. You know, thinking back about the holiday, and now here's my ex and her new guy taking off with the kids to go do fun stuff, and mm. you know, it's like, hmm. 
I, I do miss having the uh, the family circle. And yeah. I've been realizing, and you know, my, my shrink is telling me not to beat myself up about this, but I, I feel like I've been surviving these past five months, not thriving. So I feel like I don't, I'm not orchestrating like family events. Like when, uh, you know, when we were all a family, it was, it was the weekend, it was Sunday. Let's all go do a family thing together. I haven't been doing any of that because I've just been, I've been trying to keep my head above water, let alone plan fun family activities. So I got to sure. knock that shit off and you know, get back on that horse. So yeah beating myself up a little about that and um, quite frankly into my well go ahead nick make me feel better what were you saying <laughs> yeah i don't think you need to beat yourself up about it dude i think what you said is exactly 100 percent right i mean there are times where we're just doing our best and giving it all we have to get by yeah. on a normal wednesday uh yeah now that you've you know thought about it You've acknowledged it. Now it's time to start taking the steps. But uh, don't beat yourself up. Hey, past is past, dude. There's nothing you can do to change it. So why lament and beat the shit out of yourself up uh, over it? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a good indication that I care enough to, uh, you know, beat myself up about it. But um, it's one of those, like, if you're not aware of what you're doing wrong, it's hard to fix it. So I, I, I guess I'm glad I've become conscious of it. But sure, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough for the holidays. And- uh, but yeah, I also, uh, you know, this whole, uh, dating world thing that, uh, that came into play Friday and Saturday in a somewhat uh, humorous way. Now that I look back on it, because, um, it you does, know, on- dude, you have so much hinged on tiny moments, Steve, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and I'm not putting you down for this at, at all. It's just an observation of you have the highest hopes and and thought process for what you need to feel good and until that happens you feel like shit kind of and i and i and i hate that you feel that way i hate that you know a 30 minute silence from somebody you've reached out to can make you that crazy in your head yeah well everyone keeps telling me to live in the moment and appreciate the here and now and the problem is when the here and now sucks, you know, I'm only living in the here and now. So, yeah, I start to overanalyze all this stuff. I, I text some people and then hours go by with no reply. And I'm like, well, the here and now kind of sucks because here I am right now wondering why aren't these people replying to me? But that it's that whole thing that Misty's been talking about, that in those moments, you yeah. got you to make yourself... Misty's my shrink for the audience. Go oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, right. you got to make yourself feel good in those moments and not rely on what you're doing to make you feel good. Or, yeah. or you're just going to be disappointed. I can only jerk off so many times. I mean, how about <laughs> <laughs> make myself feel? You and your fucking boner, dude. I mean, you, you can you can you can enjoy yourself and your thoughts and what you're doing. You know, aside what, from that, yeah, you you should you should go for a hike, and then find a nice spot that inspires you and jerk off there. Oh, okay. I like how you bring it back to reality because yeah, that's what it is. Tremendous play by Bruski. Right, I uh, my uh, my brain is starting to catch up to me. Um, I have now I'm going on five months of no sex, and yeah. that is the longest streak I've had in my adult life outside of a relationship. The last year of my marriage, we were in marriage counseling for ten, eleven months, and there was no sex going on during that. So yeah. that's technically the longest streak uh, in my adult life of not having sex. But I was still married at the time; I was still in a relationship. Yeah, so this is my longest streak being single, and 
I will tell you, there you know there were droughts in my marriage life. That was one of my bones of contention that the sex life wasn't up to you know where I wanted things to be. And back then, when we would go too long, I would start to have, for lack of a better term, wet dreams. Like my brain starts to tell me, like you need to go get laid, and it forces me in my sleep. And I've had a couple of nights recently. I haven't actually uh, finished in my sleep, or where I wake up in the midst and like rock fucking hard, and just like, oh my gosh, like I was just with uh, you know some playmate, or um, you know exes have been creeping into my dreams. Not the most nice. recent one. Don't flatter yourself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, where I'm just like, oh my gosh, like my brain is starting to tell me like you have got to get out there <laughs> and get your life back on track because this little drought has been going on too long. That's and, funny. But, That's the way you take that, dude. Absolutely. I don't ever have dreams like that when I have a healthy sex life going. It's only when I get into a drought. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. Well, uh, what good came out of your your text to these women, dude? You texted all three women? Yeah, so here's the deal. We're down to the top three, and I am, uh, I'm ready to finish my American Idol, the Harness Games, whatever we want to call this. <clears throat> and, You're um, ready to finish it? Yes, like enough, enough already. Like I need to what pick somebody to go spend about? some time with. You think that one of these three people you've decided will be your next wife? Not my next wife, because I don't know if that's even what I'm looking for anymore. But I need to find somebody to spend more than one date with. And I feel that my top three right now are all second date material. So I need to you go have through the... not had even first date with two of them. How do you know they're second date material? I'm going purely on resume, stats, conversations back and forth. Uh, that all kind right. of thing. I feel gotcha. like these are three viable candidates. So I need okay. to get out with all three of them. And by the way, the well is running dry. Like, I don't know if it's because we're approaching the holidays, but my dating apps have just dried up. Uh, <laughs> but that may be the universe telling me, like, you've got your top three contenders. Let's let's go have first dates with them and then see if any of them are, you know, true contenders. Welcome to my world, Steve. Well, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like Brewski and I are in this dating world hell. So I'm at the, I'm at the, the drying drying up, I mean on in the dating app. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yours are running out too. So this may be oh, a yeah. thing, you know? Like our dating coach had said that most people try to partner up by the holiday season. So if you haven't partnered up by late October, you know, good luck until like January or February. But but I have had some good uh, candidates emerge recently. But, um, yeah, it's these mind games I play with myself. So on Thursday, on Thanksgiving, I sent all three of them just a generic, you know, happy Thanksgiving text. And really, I'm, I, A, I'm being a nice guy, but B, I'm also testing to see who's going to reply back. Are you still interested? Did you Google me while you're traveling for the holidays and realize I'm a perverted talk show host and you want nothing to do with me? Yeah, you're paranoid about that. Oh, well, for good uh, reason. Have you listened yeah. to the show? <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I had it happen to me one time. What? They heard I, you on the radio and then were turned off? So so I used to do a betting segment on Mitch in the Morning on KJR yeah. in Seattle. and um, You did a gaming segment, not a betting segment. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, they they brought up the Molly Ringwald incident. And yes. we were we were talking about Where it. Bruski oh. sniffed her chair after she had been in studio. Yes. Yeah, well, this this lady I was talking to, I told her when I was on the air, and she listens to the the segment. And after hearing the segment and hearing about the Molly Ring- Ringwald thing, she wanted absolutely nothing uh-huh. to do with me whatsoever. Yes, this is what I'm worried about. 
like we lay it all out on this show and I turn my volume up to 11, you know, my personality and whatnot. I say things on the show. I would never say normal civil discourse, <laughs> Yeah, especially some of these women who are more professional types. They may not want to be associated with this. The yeah. college professor I've been talking about, some of her students may be YouTube fans of ours based on the demographics I'm seeing. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's a, it's a big concern, quite frankly. And I'm okay. Once you get to know me personally, I'm then okay with you hearing the show. But if yes. your first impression of me is this show, I think I would send a lot of women, you know, running for uh, safety in the hills there. So, Fair enough. so anyway, so on Thanksgiving, I sent the, I had the three. We've got the Valley Girl, we've got the radio fan, and we have the professor. Um, I will actually tell you, the Valley Girl texted me Happy Thanksgiving before I could text her. Oh, wow. That's nice. a good sign of a, of a nice person who's thinking of me on her Thanksgiving. So so that was cool. Um, I texted the professor, happy Thanksgiving. Took a couple hours, but she replied, so that was good. Nice. Uh, and then radio fan, I, I never heard back from. Oh, boy. So uh, I think it was Friday. Um, on Friday, I sent at Nick my uh, Serenota Vergiac. He's uh, helping me uh, write my text so I don't seem too pathetic or desperate. Um, Nick and I sent the professor a text and basically said, you know, I uh, hope you're enjoying your, you know, your time with the family, travel safe. When you get back home, let's, you know, figure out a time where we can, uh, where we can go out on our first date. And I ended it with something like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm free next weekend. So no reply from her on Friday. I texted the Valley girl and said, Hey, my Saturday just got opened up. Like, do you want to go out Saturday night? So no reply from her. So, I, yeah, I go to bed Friday night all down and out. No one's replied. Poor pitiful me. (laughs) (laughs) Pathetic loser. Home alone. (laughs) Guys, literally at one point I reset my phone because I'm like, why is no one replying? Is my phone like, (laughs) what the fuck? Did I lose all three of these women somehow? So, yeah, yeah, I like reset my phone. I'm holding it up to try to get a better signal. (laughs) You're a wreck. Pathetic. And so I wake up Saturday morning the same way just laying there in bed all alone no one's replying to me and then over the course of the day all three of them reply to me (laughs) good good so yeah uh let's see so uh radio fan i actually she did not reply to the happy thanksgiving but on that saturday i figured i got nothing to lose so i sent her a text and just said like you know if you still want to get a drink together let's do that and i said you can get a drink alone but it won't be that much fun so she replied immediately and she had this crazy suggestion. She was like, I'm tied up most nights next week, but how about we do a boozy brunch? Oh, there you go. Boozy brunch. All right. So always down for that. Uh, so uh, she and I have a, a brunch date set up uh, this Wednesday. So two days from now on recording date. So I'll have an update next week on the show for that. Such an odd thing, dude. I, I can't wrap my head around a, on a Wednesday brunch on a Wednesday. It is so odd. Yeah, it's just an indication of a drinking problem that she's. Oh, I don't know about to, that. Let's day drink together. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think she probably kept the boozy and the brunch to be like, you know, like mimosas of going out and getting drinks, you know, that type of thing. But yeah, it's just kind of odd. A to do a brunch on Wednesday. I hear you. But to do a boozy brunch, like, why aren't we just going out for lunch? Um, it's a good question. I mean, some people want a cocktail associated with a first date because it, you know, social lubricant, right? 
But um, I took yeah. it as a compliment that instead of saying, like, you know, my nights are all tied up, so how about two weeks from now or three weeks from now, that she was like, I got an idea. Why don't we meet for lunch? And you know. Yeah, no, she's making a slot for you, which I appreciate. Yes, hopefully multiple slots, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we've got, so I've got that set up for Wednesday. Uh, the professor wrote back, and again, me overanalyzing it, me Ted Mose being this thing, uh, her reply to me, and Brewski, I already know Nick's two cents, and we'll have him comment afterwards, but give me okay. your two cents on this since you're a professional dater nowadays as well. Uh, I had said, I'm free next weekend. So the next day she wrote back and it was like, hey, trip's going great, traveling home today. Um, let's touch base when I get home and figure out a date, but I'm actually helping a friend move next weekend, so I couldn't do it next weekend. Now, my thought was you're helping to move the entire weekend, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, so like the entire weekend you're helping her move, huh? How do you well, uh, how do you interpret that, Brewski? Well, here, here's the thing. I mean, so she's probably age-wise about how how old would you say? Uh, she's the 31 year old we've been debating. Okay, so now we're we're getting into that that area where people are kind of moving into their new place, whether it's a condo or a house or something like that. Sure. So maybe this is a longtime friend. You know, and it's kind of like a girls weekend kind of thing, like do the move. We go and do other stuff together. Mm-hmm. You know, we're setting up the house or hanging pictures together and, okay. and drinking and, and that sort of thing. That's the way I would take that because of the age where she is there and people are just kind of getting into. She's like not said, old enough to pay for movers. Is that what you're saying? Because when you get older, you just start hiring movers. When you're younger, it's, hey, all I've my never, friends, come help nope, me move. I've, I've never once hired movers. Okay. Never once. It's always well, either way. You, you you don't take it as her blowing me off because that's of course how I took it. And no, no, I don't take it as that at all. But think about this: if you say so after that, let, let's say next weekend happens, comes and goes, and then you reach out to her and you're like, "Hey, how about?" and you leave it open and you give her a whole bunch of time. Well, like, I'll be reaching out before then, but yeah, go ahead. But the whole weekend, like, say, "Hey, you know what? My weekend is completely wide open." And if she and if she comes up with an excuse, then then I would say she's uh-huh. okay. blowing you off. See, here's my uh, here's my current strategy, and uh, Nick, you tell me if I'm overreaching here, but I felt like I texted this woman too much last week, even though it was like two or three texts. I just I don't want to overplay my hand. So my thought was wait till tomorrow, Tuesday, and text her and say, hey, how about Thursday night? We just grab a cocktail. And then I see what she says. If she says no for Thursday, and I don't know. Or I would tell her at that point, you pick a day in the next month, and I don't care if I have my kids or not. I'll just I'll accommodate it. Well, well the other thing too is this, let's let's look at the schedule she has for uh, where she uh, teaches. You yeah. know, are, they, are they on break? I mean, because really, how much could a professor actually have to do over a holiday break? You know, you would think that there would be a, a fair amount of time where she was free to, right. to be able to accommodate something like that. Professor Reynolds, how do you analyze all this? Well, I think he, I think you guys are both overanalyzing this. She's busy, what? dude. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's busy. She, even if she's not as busy as you want to, you are coming at this with like, you either better be fucking busy busy or or you're blowing me off with the fuck right i don't think i'm quite that aggressive about it but go go ahead but i mean this is what i'm gonna say and this is not meant to be hurtful it's only uh thought of for something for you to think about what if she is not nearly 
as uh, what, what if her going out on a date with anybody, let alone you, is not nearly as important to her as it is to you? Call? I don't understand what you're saying. She has a chance to meet me. How could that not be really important? <laughs> right, but she doesn't even know you yet, dude. So all I'm saying is, like, you are you are in a hurry and excited to get this fucking rolling. Yes. And she may not be. She may be of the and mindset of, the like, apps, but yeah. hey, uh, you know what? If I have the chance to go out with somebody here, if I have a chance to go out with somebody here, if that falls into line, maybe I'll meet someone great. Uh, so that. You may just have a different mindset of timing on, yeah, uh, I don't need I to go it. out all the time. Listen, but, I mean, the, the pessimistic side of me says you can't move the entire weekend. The realistic side of me says she replied to you. She didn't ghost you. She still said, let's find a time. Like, those are, you know, probably all right. good things. But, but like Brewski said, if she continues to not have time, then either she's blowing me off or you're too busy to be dating. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I don't even know. Your plan is to text her. I don't, what was, read exactly her last text. All right, I happen to have it right here. Uh, her last text to me. So I had said, you know, hope you had a great trip. Travel safe. Let's chat when you get back so we can uh, get drinks or dinner planned. I'm free next weekend. So either Friday or Saturday would work for me. So her reply was, hey, uh, it was a good trip. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Next weekend, I've been enlisted to help two of my best friends move. So I'll probably not be available then, unfortunately. But yes, once I'm back, let's coordinate to find a time to meet up. Exclamation point. Oh, see, it was the exclamation point. That's good. Oh. <laughs> you see the games you have to play with all this stuff. Oh, oh my gosh, so I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it back to Seinfeld. On Seinfeld, Elaine had a problem because her boyfriend didn't put an exclamation point right. on yeah. on a message because it it accentuates it and shows that there's uh, um an urgency there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, I understand, dude. I understand. Yeah. But listen. So I don't even know at this point if you should be texting her. Listen, if you text her, yeah. it should be your last text until she texts you. Well, I hear you. Like I've said, I'm afraid I'm texting this woman too much. I'm not trying to come off as desperate, even though I might be. But, um, yeah, I don't want to convey that. If she's not... If she's not, she's got all these plans to do stuff. I think they're probably genuine, but let her pick it up. I mean, uh, at this point, maybe you can text her one more time and just be like, uh, you know what, whatever, uh, you know, what she said, we'll coordinate then. When is yeah, she yeah. back? Today? Tomorrow? I, I assume she's back by now. Yeah. All right. So in the next couple of days, if you haven't heard from her, uh, I think you could probably send a text and just be like, yeah, I'm good for whatever day you want to pick, you know, for whatever day works for you next week. Right. I'm good for. Here's the contradiction, though. The dating coach had told us all that, uh, you know, yeah, women's rights and all that, but they still want you to be the guy. They want you to take the lead. They want you to show that you're interested. They're not going to set up a date. They want you to do that. And I just proved with the radio fan, like, I thought she was gone. She hadn't replied to my Happy Thanksgiving text. And then I reached directly to her and said, hey, do you want to go get a drink this week? And then she immediately replies to me. If I had followed the don't text twice back-to-back rule, I don't know that I ever would have heard from her again. True. Yeah. Hey, See dude. what a pain in the ass this dating is? 
Yes, you just have to go. Uh, you just have to go out it advice free. I, I'm I'm letting you out into the world because no, I don't know. No, 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 no. Don't don't let me be free out there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this alone. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what the right answer is. I mean, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I suppose. Uh, maybe, but there's a process to something being, you know. So how do I play this game? I'm just going to show up at her work. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> Hat down, brim down low. Right. Eyes. Hello, yeah. you. <laughs> like the pink shirt you're wearing today. <laughs> Looks lovely. Dude, I'll tell you what. Do you know about my stalker? My one and only real stalker. High yeah, I've school. got several, but yes, go ahead. Uh, in high school, uh, where I lived was way out in the middle of nowhere. Two and a half acres. No yeah. street lights. It's dark back there. And in our driveway, we had one light that was on a pole. It went up about probably 20 feet in the air. It was like a street light, but it was made by my father. There is a knock on the door, and I go out there, and it's, you know, nighttime, dark. Go out there, and there's just a little note sitting on my doorstep. Mm. (laughs) So I take it inside and I read it, and it is to me, and I don't know who it's from. It says, perfect you are, you I must have. And I was like, what the fuck is this, dude? And I'm in high school, dude. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? So I go upstairs, and the dog starts barking. I look out, and here is this girl standing in the halo of the the light. One light that is shining down and I read the note and I look to try and see who it is. And at this point I'm fucking freaked out. Right. Well, it turns out to be this hot little Betty that goes to high school. She's into me. And I thought to myself, it's just a little bit too weird. It's a little too weird. And I stayed as far away from it as I possibly could. And now this I'm friends with her on Facebook. Still, uh, time has not treated her well. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I I ended up making the right decision. So yeah. you sometimes you just have to see a hot piece of ass and walk away from it, dude. Sometimes oh, I don't know. See, when you high school, are you kidding me? In high school, if, if I received something like that, I would have been jumping all over that. Right. There is such a fine line between a sweet romantic gesture and being a creepy stalker. Yeah, I told you stories before where I've tried to do the romantic gesture that Hollywood has taught me. I'll leave a note or I'll I'll buy a gift for uh, I I sent flowers to a woman once like, you know, will you go out on a date with me? Like and they were all like creepy fucking stuff. I'm like, I was trying to be nice and sweet. What I've been taught to do by my sisters, my movies. And And that's what I'm saying here. Harness is that, you know what, if I tell you to do the sweet thing or if I tell you to back off, it, it seems like the opposite is what's working for you. I don't know. I have no I'll idea. Do the opposite. No. Yeah. Okay. So, so you got, uh, you got one date out of anyone. Well, so, okay, so we got Wednesday scheduled the radio fan. I'm going to nail down this professor. I'm not letting her just slide. I mean, I'll be casual about it, but I'm not just going to let it disappear. I'm, uh, I'm crushing too hard on this one. I'm intellectually turned on by this one, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. But uh, last night I did have the date with the Valley Girl, though. How'd that go? Well, that's a good question. Um, the short answer is it was a good date. She's very nice. She's certainly cute. We spent a solid three hours just talking, talking, talking. And, you know, I mean, um, all is good. Um, all right. We went where for dinner? 
Uh, it's one of my favorite restaurants in the Valley that I used to frequent with uh, the Hindenburg, and I was a little concerned that <laughs> either A, she uh, may show up there randomly, but uh, I was a little concerned, too, that maybe that will, I don't know, trigger some uh, some bullshit from my past. And Sure. Uh, that part was mainly good. Um, I feel like I kind of wiped that slate clean by having a new date there at an old favorite restaurant. But uh, right. Perfect. That's that was good. Yeah, we had a, yeah, we had a few was, drinks, um, ordered some food. Um, what does she drink? Is she a wine drinker, hard alcohol? I don't, she got a cocktail. I don't actually know what it was. I don't remember. It was, uh, I think it was whiskey based though. So nice. oh, that's nice. I had tequila. She had whiskey. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was all good. I mean, like a lot of people, I, you know, at this stage of life, it's hard to meet somebody who doesn't have a history and some baggage and some, you know, you're single. So probably your last relationship didn't go very well. Sure. Uh, and yeah, I mean, she's definitely got that going on. And um, it's a small concern to me because every woman I've ever met that has baggage from their past always ends up, you know, suffocating me with it. But um, I'm not yeah, going down rabbit holes yet. It's a first date. Well, well, you know, that that's not my concern right now. You know what? I would be more concerned if she didn't reveal any sort of baggage when sure. people say when people say oh everything's fine my dating life's yeah. been perfect because yeah. that's when they're hiding the really deep dark stuff yeah no that's fair i mean she was definitely very open and candid about it all so yeah. that's good and uh you know she's a she's a working class kind of person not a not a career type she's got jobs and you know, but let's back up a, just a hair can we back up a hair please do yeah. first of all what are you wearing um, I went with my, uh, my standard first aid outfit pretty much. I, uh, I've updated my t-shirt though. Um, flip flops. No, no flip flops. It's winter. Good. Out, you know, so. Thank God. Uh, I wore a black long sleeve plain t-shirt and uh, a nice pair of jeans. I wore my all black converse and, uh, my black glasses I always wear and I was uh, looking good and feeling yeah. good. I'm feeling yeah. good. Uh, 20 minutes in. Wearing, more importantly. Well, you know, I hate to be a pig about it, but it was hard to get a good look at her body because she was wearing, again, it's cold around here right now. So she had one of these big, like, Afghan sweaters on, like a the oh, sweater okay. vest kind of thing. Like, it was a nice looking top, but it was, you know, there was one point she stood up and I'm kind of like, you know, trying to check out the, the form and couldn't get sure. a good uh, good, <laughs> good read on that. But she's definitely attractive. I will tell you, the pictures she posted on her dating profile are at oh. least five years old. Um, I, and it, 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 and that's not necessarily a bad thing because I was looking at her pictures looking like, man, you look like you're in your like mid to late twenties, but you're 36. So if you just look young, then I guess that's a bonus. But when she showed up, I'm like, okay, now you look 36. She's still good, she's still good looking, but clearly the pictures were a few years old. And what color yeah. was her hair? She's a blonde. She's blonde. Like any brown color eyes. in it? Pink, purple, any, you know, I know she's, uh, someone who does that. Do you guys hear this? A little bit, yeah. I don't hear anything. Uh, it's a, it's we, a little bit of um, static. Yeah, I don't know where it's coming from, but it's annoying the shit out of me. Um, let me. I'll I'll try to edit that out later. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, Nick, what was it? What was she wearing? Oh yes. no, color in her hairs. Uh, no, one of her dating profile pics, she did have some blue highlights, but no, she's got solid blonde hair, brown eyes. I mean, yeah, she's yeah, she's very cute and um, easy to talk to. There was this weird connection. She knows my daughter. How, how funny is that? That's very funny. It's very odd. Yeah, so she mentioned to me that she worked for a, a local orthodontist, and that's the orthodontist my my firstborn goes to. Oh, so okay. I was like, boy, I was like, that's you know my 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 kid uh, goes there, and she's like, oh boy, like I've seen thousands of kids, but you know who's your daughter? And I told her her name, and she just like her jaw like dropped open, and she was like, 
I know exactly who you're talking. Like your daughter, the the redhead with the big smile, and she's like the most polite teenager I've ever met. And I'm like, yeah, like that's absolutely my kid. And she was like, I got to tell you, she's like, I'm not trying to sound creepy, but she's always been one of my favorites because she's such a remarkable kid. And I've always thought like she must have amazing parents to have such a good, you know, well-mannered teenager. That is so weird, dude. Right? I mean, it is so, it is too much of a coincidence. Are you accusing me of setting me up? No, 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 no. I think it's <laughs> okay. a coincidence, but I mean, yes. it's so weird that it's such a coincidence, too. But it's totally. in a kind of a small town, too. I mean, Absolutely. It, you know, and but she doesn't live here. No, but there's only like one orthodontist around here. So, um, you know, yeah. you're gonna, you know. Yeah. but yeah, no, I, I take it as a coincidence for sure. And actually, even more ironic, the orthodontist office is literally across the hallway from the radio station that Nick and I work at. So my first thing was like, wait a minute, like, have we met? Like, I work across the hallway. Oh, yeah. And she was like, you know, I got to be honest with you. I always saw the radio sign on the door, but it seemed like no one was ever there. So I never saw any of you guys coming and going from that place, which is probably accurate. I work from home a lot and, you know, our morning guy hibernates in that place all day long. So And it's a weird hallway. Let's be frank about it. I mean, yeah. there's no windows that you can see into the businesses. It just looks yeah. it's a hallway with doors and white walls. Yes, it's an office building, multiple different businesses. And quite yeah. frankly, that orthodontist is only there one day a week. His main practice is off the hill. So they were only there one day a week. But that was funny. But uh, but yeah, bringing up my kid. And then like 45 minutes later in the dinner, all the, just randomly, we're talking about something else. And she's like, is it weird that I know your daughter? And then I think she's so amazing. Like, am I sounding crazy? crazy now <laughs> i was like no like but you know you, you know how awesome neo is though so it's not odd for anyone to, to say those kinds of things because yeah. you know you know yourself what what a great kid she is you know she yeah. is a remarkable kid and people tell me all the time that she stands out in the crowd and she's an old soul and all that stuff yeah. so, so no i took that song. as a big compliment and I actually, I texted my ex-wife that little anecdote this morning, and her reply, <laughs> her reply was, well, of the of your top three, then, she's currently my favorite. So, you know. <laughs> so we'll see. She's uh, she's second date material. I mean, I would certainly go out and see her again. Have uh, you told Neo, by the way? No. And uh, I don't know if I will anytime soon. Oh, okay. I'm keeping my kids out of my dating life for now. Oh, no. I, I, just, I just meant the, uh, the, the, the connection part. The, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, funny thing, by the way, you know. I and, mean, maybe I'll mention I met some nice lady or something, but yeah, no, that's I don't I mean. know. My no, kids are not, dying to know about my dating life. But I got I to gotta be careful with information. They so, are dying to know? Yes. Crosby in particular. They, uh, they're more out curious. of concern because he doesn't want certain things or part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I brought up on the last show. My son's kind of cock blocking me a little bit. Cause he doesn't want me to date a woman with kids. Cause he's worried that she'll have some kid he doesn't like. Uh, but, but yeah. And, and he's curious. I'll tell you guys, I don't think I told you this story a few weeks back before I blocked her on my phone, suicide girl uh, called me and my phone was sitting on the kitchen counter and Crosby was right there and I have her picture saved. And so he just saw my phone ringing with a woman that he didn't know. And he just looked at me with wide eyes. He's like, who is that? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, it's a friend, buddy. Like, just, it's fine, you know? And then he comes back out like 20 minutes later. He's like, can I ask you a question? Would you tell me if you were dating yet? The kid went back in his room and it was just running through his head. Like, who's the woman? Who, who's my dad talking to? Who's, who's going to be the next one? You know? He's so definitely your, your son, kid. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I had a nice time with her. We did uh, we did kiss at the end of the night. Nothing crazy, but um, uh, was it a pack or a makeout? 
Uh, so I have a first kiss dating philosophy that has done me well. Uh, my my ex-fiance here, she talked about our first kiss for a year afterwards, about what a great job I did. Because here's my philosophy. You can't do a peck because that's misleading. You know, are you just being nice, sociable? Like, what's with the peck? Sure. Am I your grandma? Like, but you don't want to linger too long and you certainly don't want to get tongue involved. You don't want to turn this into a makeout session. So my philosophy is you kiss for about two seconds. You just give a nice passion kiss, two seconds, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and then you pull back and you're done. You leave wanting more. It's the whole point. You're just trying to lay the groundwork for future efforts. And you see how they respond. I mean, if they pull back prior to the two seconds or if they give you some weird look afterwards, then, you know, you're, that's a good indication that you've done something foul. But yes. uh, no, I walked her to her car. I, I, I followed my uh, two second kiss rule. Um, I, I grabbed her hand and kind of just uh, rubbed her uh, palm. It was like, it was really nice to meet you. Nice. A little, little touch, a little intimacy there. And then I turned and walked off into the night. So. Wow. And I immediately texted Nick, my Katy Perry, I kissed a girl and I liked it meme. <laughs> 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 and I'm still alive, you know, so dating safety. So you uh, went in for the kiss or she did? Or... Yeah. No, I went in and that's a big thing. I usually have this gimmick I use where I ask them, like, can I kiss you? And I find it's a good way to, A, break the tension of the moment, and B, if you're going to say no, I'd rather you told me no, than pull then back. Pull away. Yeah, sure. Right? Uh, I did it with Jamie. I did, I've done it with a few women in my career. And uh, usually uh, they comment afterwards of like, well, that was kind of sweet, actually, that you asked me if you could kiss me. Uh, this woman, though, no, I wasn't feeling it. So I, I just went in for the kiss. And she didn't struggle. Nope. <laughs> I mean, she, she liked it. She didn't pull her mace out or anything. So Good. Uh, no, well. she definitely liked it. I mean, she was she was smitten. She was grinning ear to ear throughout the date and midway through. I don't remember what it was, but at one point she did the old like, I got to tell you, your voice like, wow, your voice so romantic, smooth and your voice sexy. And, uh, but then what? I don't remember. I was talking. I was talking about my boyfriend, Nick, over here and this podcast. And I don't know if it's the sincerity or what it is, but, you know, uh, this is my usual trick. I just speak from the heart, and women really seem to gravitate towards it. But she stopped in the middle of one of my stories about the vocal minority, and she was just like, I'm having such a nice time. Like, I am so glad I met you. Wow. And That's then she, good. Yeah. Sounds nice, dude. And I texted her when I got home saying, home safe, had a really nice time. Like, are you, you know, do you want to do a second date? And her reply was something like, I'm still smiling. So, yes, I had a really good time and, you know, look forward to date number two. Nice. So, off to so We'll set it up in the next uh, couple of weeks here. Next week. I mean, you don't wait too long, right? You got to do it the next week. Well, you know, she's top of the batting order right now. So, you know, I've got a brunch on Wednesday, hopefully Thursday night with uh, the professor. But if not, it won't be the professor this weekend. So that means I have next weekend free. So I feel like I should be plugging somebody into my Friday or Saturday night. So, like I said, she's top of the batting order. So do I do another date this weekend? I don't yes. know, kind of soon, but, well, you know, I'm getting old here. I could die. No, I think you do. it. But here's the thing, dude. You set up a date with her and you do it. Oh, we'll meet next Friday. The professor says, uh, I can only do Friday. And then here you are trying to rearrange stuff because you don't want to miss your time with the professor. Well, then suddenly I have appendicitis or something. Valley girl, <laughs> sorry. My Friday night just uh, got filled. Yeah, and then you've already turned into an asshole. Dude. I know. You can't do I know. That. 
Uh, well, that's the stage we're in, though. Like, uh, uh, I, I'm not a multiple woman kind of guy, but I have to get through at least first dates with all of these women before I can yes. start checking anyone off the list. So, yeah, yep. so, yeah set we'll something just... up for this weekend, dude. What's it going to yeah. hurt? Okay, duly noted. Bruski, yeah. how's your dating world going out there? Any better? Any worse? No, it's it's not getting any better at all. But uh, it's funny. I was I had a passenger in my car last night, and we had a probably about a good 25 minute ride. I was bringing her to a, a place where she was staying. And um, at one point we're talking and she says to me, can I get your number? Really? She asked I, you, huh? Wow. I, but here's the thing though. Now granted, she put it under the guise of um, she's new here. She just moved here from Long Island. Her sister lives here and, and that sort of thing. And That's she's just like, you, you seem to know a lot of stuff around here. You know, I could I, you know, maybe lean on you if I have questions about where to go and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, and she's no, listen, that's what you guys were telling me. Like, don't ask her for her number directly. Just say, like, hey, I do sales. And you know, if you ever need to call me like so but, she's flirting with you, she wouldn't ask for your number otherwise. Well, but the, 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 that thing is because I can't ask a passenger for their number because no, that's really good. that's really creepy. Yeah. But she asked she asked me and then she texted me right away last night. But then I didn't text her back till this morning because I didn't get home till like 3.30 in the morning. And I'm not going to yeah. send you a text at 3.30 in the morning, you know? Sure. But that's a good um, sign, though, dude. She asked for your number and then immediately texted you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's 29. Uh-oh. Wow. That's under the 30 cutoff you all have established for me. <laughs> I know. I Are know. you a sex offender? <laughs> we'll we'll find yet. out. <laughs> <laughs> Show mo. Well, you know, no, so you're what? was she a little haughty? Your uh, was she your uh, speed, your style, your design? Um, she, she was. Uh, she's very attractive, dark hair, uh, kind of slim, a little bit of a Long Island accent. Um, she How do you know she's twenty nine? You asked that already. She told me. Okay. Because she asked me how old I was. I told her fifty one, and then she's just like. And then she said, well, you know, I'm, I'm 29. My dad was, since she was talking a little bit about her dad. Who, My dad's uh, 53. How cool. <laughs> <laughs> her dad's 75. So that's good. Oh, okay, that, good. that is good. Yeah. 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 And so, so that's, that's how that, that all came up. But, you know, she's educated. She graduated from a good school. And so nice. I don't know. I, I, I'm not. What's the plan here? What's your strategy? Uh, I, I acknowledged the text last night. I haven't sent anything like you know, nice to meet you or anything like that. I just kind of acknowledged the text this morning and then, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure how to, <laughs> how to gauge it. You know, I got your uh, next move right now. I was going to say, Sarah Nota Bruciak, Nick, what do we say? <laughs> What's your plan for him? All right. Listen, Brewski. Yeah. Uh, to tonight or tomorrow, maybe wait until tomorrow, but maybe not tonight. Listen, what's her name? Kelly, Kathy. Jess, Jessica, Jess, Jessica, <laughs> making up names, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, uh, Hey, I was thinking about what you said. I got this great spot since you're new to town. You, oh. this is a place that you gotta, you gotta get to know. I mean, it's one of the, this is where locals go. I love to take you over there. I don't know what, you know, what your schedule looks like, but if you're down for it, I'd love to take you over here and show you this, you know, local spot. Oh, oh wow! Good move, Nick. All right, I'll I'll do that. Now yeah, you may, 
I'm not the expert here by any means, but if there's any group setting you could do that in, that makes it even more neutral and friendly. Like my sister and I and one of my buddies were going to this bar Friday night. I don't, I don't, I don't like to do the group thing. Okay. Well then, yeah, just go for it then. Yeah, but sometime I'll, I'll tell you guys my uh, field trip date story that, that you'll kind of you get a laugh out of. But you know, okay. yeah, no, I think you can you can hit this one solo, Brewski. Uh, I mean, you're going to be in a public setting. Yeah, you know, take her take her to one of your favorite bars that's a local hotspot. You know, like a your kind of local hotspot has some history to it. A real Boston place, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to misread this because she could possibly just be looking for, you know, information about places to go and places to live. And yeah, and, and, she and, could uh, be. But if you then push on the topic, she can then ghost you, say no, whatever it is. You got nothing to lose here. But the yeah, fact that she, asked, you, she asked you for your number and then texted you immediately. But she, so was, if she is have as a, if she does have another agenda, she's being very misleading. Yeah, because because she was she was like, I don't know if this is okay to do, but could I have your number? Yeah, I think you better jump on it, Brewski, and okay. just play it uh, play it cool like we just talked about. But I mean, okay. yeah, at the very least, uh, if she is just looking for you know a tour, an information guide in the city, she can go fuck herself. You, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. She wanted your phone number. You're yeah. you're not a dial uh, info. So she's got I mean, Yelp. She she's did, got Google. You know. Yeah, but she, she but she did say to me, "You you're really knowledgeable about this area. You know a lot of history and everything like that." And she mentioned the tour guide thing. And then after that was when she asked me for my number. Yeah, yeah, dude. I and you know what? Like I've said before, I agree, dude. Uh, you know what? I felt like I had the best tour guide to Boston when I was there, but to get that service, I mean, we <laughs> you gotta hang yeah. out. I'm not gonna write you a letter and tell you where to go, right? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, and she yeah, was she asked for your number. I'd jump on it, Brewski. Yeah, I will for sure. Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, that's yeah. some progress. So that's good. We yeah. have an update on next week's show. And, okay. Uh, but your dating apps, you've noticed the same thing. Things are drying up around the holidays, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's drying up. And, and even on my end of things, like I'm like scrolling through, I'm just like, no, no. And my God, why would you post that picture? Right. No, no. Stuff like that. You know, I had a woman like me the other day, which everyone who likes me is just a fucking cow. And this oh. woman, her profile picture, she was literally dressed as a cow. And I wanted to reply, like, that is the worst picture, number one, on a dating <laughs> app I've ever seen. She's in one of those blow-up Halloween costumes as yeah. a cow with big udders hanging out. I'm just like, lady, you're already a cow. You should not be so on the nose as to dress well, as one. It's, it's kind of like that. there was a song from the 90s called Funk Dat, but it's a guy named Sagat. And he says, you know, when I go out to a club... Only ugly six, only ugly six step to me like I'm ugly or something. Right? Know, yeah, exactly. You know, I want to tell these women, who, who are you kidding? You think I'm, <laughs> I'm responding to you? Really? You got to respect them taking their shot, dude. Come on. I know. Yeah. But this again goes to the, like the dating coach saying women want the guy to take the first step. So when women are taking the first step, they're either super cool and proactive or they're butt fucking ugly. And they know they have no other recourse but to be reaching out to people. Yeah. Well. When I, here, here's an ugly story real quick for you. Sure. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, I'm, I'm, this is an Uber passenger story. I pick up these two 20 something girls, they're probably 23, 24. And, and I pick them up in the North end, which is Boston's little Italy. And I'm taking them to the seaport, which is this new up and coming area. 
and we're talking. And they're like, "Hey, do you have any kids?" And and I'll do the conversation. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I have a son. He's 24." They're like, "Oh, that's around our age. Is he cute?" <laughs> uh, you can hook your son up, not you, though. Oh no! Wait, wait, wait. And I said, "Well, he kind of looks like me." And then all of a sudden, crickets. Ouch. Right? Oh, you so then, so then I just said, we're having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I just had to, I just had to, I had to break that tension and silence because they yeah. got really silent. Oh my gosh. That's, you're hysterical, Brewski. We're having a good time, ladies. Yeah, good, good time. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he looks like me, but uh, yeah, he's well endowed like me from the waist down, ladies. Uh, Too much for you to handle. Uh, oh my God, Bruce hey. and I are both uh, growers, not showers. Steve, don't forget it. Yeah, I guess I'm both. I don't know. <laughs> You're I a show shower and, just out of the gate. I show up, and sometimes they throw up. You know what I mean? <laughs> my ex did that once. I got to tell you, I was so impressed. She what do you mean? She was uh, going down on me in the shower, oh. and she, I, you know, she loved, she loved oral. She loved having me in her mouth. Living <laughs> oral. Yeah, and we were uh, we were in the shower, and she was, you know, I was getting close, and she was just, you know, like motioning to me, like keep going, keep going, like yes, I'm digging this, and uh, I, I, I. I came hard, like deep in her throat, and she took it like a freaking champion. And then as soon as I pulled out, she threw up. Like I gagged her to the point that she puked, but she would not stop until I was done. She held it. You, you know, I this is gonna sound awful to say this, but just I don't know what could after that. <laughs> just, you know, I told that story as politely and as complimentary as I could. God. It was an impressive feat that she pulled off. Is my point. looking looking at her photos, I can tell she. Definitely like that kind of thing. There's really? something about her when, when you look at her. There's something in her eyes mm, that that just says that yeah. just says yes. This is something that she's like. I wouldn't be surprised if you said if I showed you this picture and this and I told you this story, would they match up? And I would say absolutely. Yeah. What are we talking about here? I, I, I are we talking about uh, oh the humanity? Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. No, she loved it. There were times where. How do I say this slightly? <laughs> um, she would want me. She would be going down on me while playing with herself. Like she nice. was so turned on by it that right. she would be like, you know, you get deep in my throat and I'll handle oh, everything down south. Like God. I mean, it was. That's what I say, man. Like you know, she was a porn star. The problem Woo! is, it blinded me to what a terrible human being she was. <laughs> so uh, yeah. catch yeah. twenty two, to say the least. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and of course, she ended up fucking me hard in the end, and not in a porn star. Way. So, yeah, not in a good way. It was not no. worth it in the end. No, nope. I, I was the one left gagging and puking. So, oh, yeah. but uh, yeah, fun times though. There were some good, uh, good experiences there. There says something about she like it says something about her that she liked to be abused. Yeah. You I don't know, know what it says, but yeah, I, I think it may. I think it makes a, it actually opens up my eyes and opens up. It, it makes a lot of sense to me that she liked to be abused. Well, let's be careful with that word. I don't feel like I was yeah. abusing her. No. Oh yes, you were abusing. No. Her. You listen, I mean, dude. Actually, I was treating her like my uh, my my porn star woman. Like that's what she was. But l let's be frank. You were abusing her in a way that she wanted. 
Listen, a court stenographer is writing this as we say this, so can you please amend your statement that I abused her? Because you know that's coming. Yeah. The, the, uh, I, I disagree. That's, that's, Thank you, Brewski. And that is Brewski saying that, not anyone else. Okay, listen. Okay. There's three people on the show. Yeah, get all of us right, please. But yes, yeah. Nick Reynolds, can you uh, clarify your earlier statement that will now be taken Nick, out of context? Nick, Nick, you want to... Nick, okay, you know. I have a Just real quick for the stenographer, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Good luck writing that down, okay? Well, no, Nick, Nick I've, I've oh. got a suggestion for Nick, okay? You ready? Yeah. Okay, Nick, after the show, yeah. I, want, I want you to go on the internet, and yeah. I want you to look up a guy named Rocco Sofredi. Okay. Okay, and you watch a couple of his videos with the ladies he does videos with if you want to see what abuse actually looks like. Right. So, previous statements. Yeah, oh there has God. been no abuse. I'm not saying actual like abuse. I'm saying that I maybe this is I the written word here. Everyone's reading now. Yeah, and Nick and I are making jokes based on actual history that has happened <laughs> with phone calls I've gotten from lawyers and official transcripts of the show that have been written out. Maybe I should just stop talking. No, no, no. I'd like no, you to no, clarify no. your fucking statement already. <laughs> yeah, I did. I clarified it. Listen, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that some people like, like, I don't know how to clarify it, dude. Listen, some, some people, people like to be treated like a porn star. She yes. liked it. She wanted this. Yes. I was not it. abusing oh, yes. her. Yes. No. Obviously. I, obviously. She asked for it. She wanted it. She loved it. <laughs> she needed it. I, I mean, that's. He's you a dirty little just, whore, and that's fine. Oh, yes. And that's Steve saying that. So I love that. Correctly, that's great. Oh. Exactly. Yes. You, All my right. friend, are a champion right there. That's champion. Right. Our sex life was the only good thing that was going on there. Well, so let's not pull like, that into a court battle. By the way, she sounds like she was a champion. Oh, she definitely was in that case. Oh, I mean, go about a champ. Hmm. I don't know if we I, I don't know if she ever deserves the title of official champion. Champion. No, dude. <laughs> that is reserved for people that actually deserve it. She may have okay. done certain things like a champion. Champion. But she was not a champion. Well, there's two there's, there's a champion and then there's a champ. There's two different there's two different things. And it's taking it like a champ is different than you're a champion. That's just two different things. That's like the difference saying, that's like when someone says, I love you, L-U-V, versus I love you, L-O-V-E. They're mm -hmm. two different things entirely. Yeah, well, that's fair. I feel like All a right. champ is something I would call my son, though. Hey, yeah, champ, you know, you're doing a good yeah. job on the baseball field. That's exactly I thought of the name Timmy. As soon as you said, hey, champ, Timmy, you're doing great. Yeah. Listen, uh, I, I mean, if there wasn't something good about my previous relationship, I would have just been crazy to have been in it. But um, I, I'm proud of the porn star experiences we had. So you should be damn hang on to those things. <laughs> I yeah. banged this woman on a uh, in a hurricane. I mean, that's like Nick once said. That was like a X-rated Disney story. I mean, we were in a hurricane in Mexico. We went outside in the hurricane and had sex. Like that's a champion move right there. I'm proud. Oh of man. The scorpions would be right there right? cheering you on. Like a hurricane, baby. So. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, no, and yeah, she she was a dirty little whore, and I mean that as a compliment, Your Honor. Um, <laughs> that to me is a good thing to call someone when yes. they're willing and participating voluntarily. 
<laughs> and when they bring up these ideas, you yes. know, pull it together, Nick and Steve. All right. We're yeah. sorry, Brewski. All right. Those are uh, those are the dating sagas of uh, of Steve and Brewski. And yeah. Nick, like I said earlier, happy 14th wedding anniversary. Keep it going. Yes. You do not want to be playing these games that we're yes. playing. No, I don't, dude. I feel for you. Both of you, I feel for you. Speaking of it being a pain in the ass, <clears throat> which she was into a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, dating is a, is a major pain. So. Yes. Sounds <laughs> like it. All right, should we uh, should we discuss some news? Anyone got some news stories? I got one or two here. Uh, I have a recommendation that I would like to make to both of you before I forget this. Okay. Uh, you, you both know who Jonah Hill is? Yeah. Yes. Actor guy used to be super fat. Now he's uh, on the thin side. Yeah, that, that's he, you know he ruined he he ruined a TV show that I I loved growing up. Twenty One Jump Street. Yes, he ruined yeah. it. No, you didn't have to watch that, dude. Why'd you watch that? I thought that first movie was all right. I didn't oh, see the second one. It, it blew, and not well, in a good way. I was going to say it's this whole like let's do a funny version of old eighties shows, and uh, sometimes that backfires. But it's, almost, it it's like that that douchebag uh, Dax Shepard uh, ruining chips. Chips, chips is a funny movie too. Actually, no. I kind of find that one funny. No, and I'll tell you, annoying nasally voice. No. Nah, well, he, maybe it's because he was a Supercross star in that movie. Maybe that's why I gravitated towards it. But I'll tell you, there was a line in that movie that I have held on to, and I've realized that there were some words of wisdom they were actually speaking there. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Ponch and Baker there are uh, talking about um, uh, Dax's you know, wife in the movie. And he says, you know, my wife and I haven't had sex in a year. And Poncharello says, well, then who's she having sex with? And he says, no, I just said we haven't had sex in a year. And he said, yeah. So somebody's fucking her, and it's not you. So who is it? <laughs> and at the moment, I laughed, but then I started and that thinking, stuck like, with you? yeah, because if somebody, if you and your woman aren't fucking, then somebody's fucking her. So who is it? If it's not you, it's somebody. You and think? That's probably pretty true. The yeah. UPS guy, because she orders a lot off of HSN and QVC. Right. And that was part of the joke in the movie that, yeah, she'd been banging guys, because if you haven't had sex in a year, she's getting it somewhere. So, yeah, I've, I've held on to that. Well, good. I'm glad you held on to that. And may it carry you forward in your relationships to come. Yeah. So to, to Jonah Hill, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, he's got a new movie out. It's actually a documentary. And I am hoping that both of you, uh, both of you will watch this movie. Uh, it was fantastic. And it is a documentary that he's put together where he is filming. In essence, uh, you find out in the movie, and this doesn't give anything away, that it is longer than one session. But he is uh, uh, filming a, a session with his psychotherapist that he's had for, I want to say, like the last six or seven years. Okay. This was uh, an interesting idea. His name is his last name is Stutz, and he is an old guy, obviously a psychotherapist. Sets the camera up in a therapy session, and uh, basically, Stutz has come up with six or seven different things that helped Jonah Hill change his life, and obviously many other people. And he just calls them tools. They're different tools that you know set you up to be happier in life, to succeed in areas that you may not be succeeding in. Yeah. Dude, I thought the movie as a whole 
was so freaking good. And I thought about both of you as I was watching it, because not only do you learn these tools that this guy gives you, but you get to see the interaction between the two of them. And they're talking oftentimes about problems in your life that all of us have dealt with for sure. Uh, it was just a really, really well done movie documentary. And, is weight uh, loss part of it? Is that why Jonah lost all the weight? Um, weight loss. Like uh, I think I like I said, I I, I can tell you, there's no nothing that's going to ruin anything for you. But yeah. weight loss has always been a big problem for Jonah Hill, um, yeah. because he grew up as a kid that was overweight and the way he was made to feel about being overweight, he really thought very little of himself. Um, and it was a thought of his, he, I mean, he was in seeing nutritionalists and stuff like that as he was in high school, trying to fix this issue within himself. But he really felt like that if he was able to become famous, that, you know, he could say, fuck you to everybody. Like I made it now I'm happy. And when yeah. he got there, he realized that that did not help at all. Yeah. Uh, and then it only added to it because Hollywood felt like they could take their shots at him, that he's the fat, funny guy, you know? Uh, but so, yeah, that is part of why he's in there. But then I did not know that his brother died a few years ago in a very fast uh, sudden death mm. and uh, yeah just so yeah it's just a really really good movie but like I said he sets up in the movie in the beginning is that hey the reason I'm interviewing you is because you have these tools uh, that I've never seen with any other therapist and I, watching the film I haven't either I haven't read about them and they're very simplistic in many ways, uh, but he's taken the work to think about these things and how they relate to your life. But you get to learn those. And it, I mean, it is, dude, I found myself through the movie taking these tools and already implementing themselves into some of my thoughts and into my life and stuff like that. Hmm. And I hope that I think that's what the movie's made for. So yeah, I would so You can it. take some of the lessons from it and it, are they specific or you, there's just a general tool that you can put towards whatever your goals are. Listen, I will tell you that like he sets up these different things of like uh, one that I could remember right off the top of my head is that there is an X factor and your X factor in your life is that voice that is always there that either talks you down to make you feel like a pile of shit or if there's something that you want to do in your life that's telling you you know that you'll fail or that you this might happen and that would embarrass you so it's basically that devil on your shoulder is your x factor mm. and it is uh, these tools are set up with all these pieces on the chessboard and knowing who they are and how they affect your life and how to communicate and talk to them and how to use them to benefit your life. Is this a uh, depressing show that you draw lessons from or is it uplifting and motivational? Both. Mm. And I, and I, and I will give that warning of like, there were some things in there. Like I didn't walk away from it depressed. Like, Oh, now I'm just in a fucking funk, yeah. but there's definitely some things in there where I was like, wow, I could relate to that so much or, but there's resolve to them all in some way. So 
you know, it, did they bring up Twenty One Jump Street? No. <laughs> they they murdering it. No. But what, what, what's the name of it? Where, where's it at? It's on Netflix. Okay. Hold on, dude. Hold on. The title's not memorable, apparently. Yeah, it's called Stutz <laughs> something. Uh, hold on here, dude. I, my computer just froze as I was telling this I watched story a movie sometime. last night called Sluts. Is that close enough to Stutz? Nope. Okay. I learned a lot of lessons from that. I mean, <laughs> a lot of takeaways. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's just called Stutz. Dude. It's Stutz. S-T-U-T-Z. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All I right. question somebody filming their own therapy, how sincere they're being. Did you get the gist that he was being legitimate or is he playing for the camera? 100% because uh, halfway through the movie, they pull like the set down and start talking. And at times throughout the movie, it's more Jonah Hill interviewing his therapist. And in that, back and forth the therapist tries to say like how do you feel about that on certain things and he'll freeze up and it'll be like we're not here to talk about me you know like i'm interviewing you yeah. and like halfway through the movie he shows up and basically says like i'm struggling this movie sucks so far and i'm just going to be open about it but i feel like i'm not being vulnerable and i'm asking you to be very vulnerable so he starts to get in on some of the therapy from his perspective and the movie gets a whole lot better. He was right. Nice. But yeah, I feel like it's uh, I don't feel like it's acted at all. Nice. Well, as we know from the show, I'm all about being vulnerable and putting it all out there. So uh, I'm sure it's compelling if for no other reason than that. But all right. Stutz. I will check. The guy's, that name, out. The guy's name is Phil Stutz. Yeah. Phil Stutz. And he uh, he has Parkinson's. Which adds another element to the real and rawness of this movie. And the guy is compelling to watch. He's an old New York guy. And uh, yeah, he, it's I, it's very good. I can't say enough good things about it, dude. I hope you guys enjoy it. All right. I hope you enjoy Sluts. I would recommend that as well. <laughs> I've been watching that for years. <laughs> I think it's Sluts Part 38. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right on. All right. Uh, let me see. Let me see some news stories I have here. Our old buddies, uh, Chick-fil-A are in the news. Um, this, this is an interesting thing. This, this is nothing about their shitty chicken or uh, their anti-gay stances, but it's a, a question I would pose to you guys. Uh, Chick-fil-A, uh, one of the franchise owners anyways, has launched a ultra condensed work week. Uh, it's three 14 hour days. Ah, how would you feel about that? I mean, a 14-hour day is obviously grueling, but a three-day work week, that means you have four days off every week. I'm all in for it, dude. I mean, but th- but a lot of us pull on- 10, 12-hour days anyways in our jobs, seven yeah. days a week. So, I don't know. Brewski, yeah, what are you saying? It would, it would depend on, on the job that, that you do, you know? I mean, if you're on your feet in a food service type, type position. Yeah, you're you know, making shitty chicken all day. That's what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. And you're on your feet all day long. And and also in some markets, Chick Fil A actually has people that stand outside by their drive-throughs. Yeah. And, and think about being out in the hot sun for fourteen hours, baking all day long for for three days. Is is that really worth it? You you definitely have to base it on what job you're doing. But as far as my life goes, as far as my work goes, I would do it in a heartbeat, dude. I would love to have four days off a week and. 
add a few hours to my work day, you know? I, I mean, mean I, I, I know folks that work for tens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's you know? pretty close. So yeah, this is yeah. 12s basically or three fourteens, I guess. Yeah. But, but I mean, four tens is, is less, it's just it's only adding two hours to the workday as opposed to adding six hours to the workday. Yeah. I, I'm with Nick. If it's a, especially if it's a shitty job like this, if I'm showing up for eight hours or 10 hours, I'd rather just pull the 14 and then have a four day weekend every week. And by the way, this guy says, uh, this franchise owner, he says, since implementing this new work schedule, uh, he has reported improvements in team morale and productivity, and this branch set a record for 429 job applications in one week for people wanting to apply for that work schedule. I would think so, dude. People dig that. Think about this. If you're a single mom or a single dad, and you don't have to get child care for four days out of the week or whatever you're used to, you know, like this could really change your life. Yeah. yeah. So, but I have a question. What do you Please. do with the, with the extra two hours? Are you getting paid overtime? Yeah. I wondered why is it a 14 hour? Why don't we, uh, why is this not a 12 hour? Well, let's do the math. So what is that? 30, 42, 40, yeah, yeah, 42 hours a week. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I don't know if it addresses overtime. It's a pretty short article. So apparently not. I'm quite sure that they're not paying overtime at all because it's probably in the South in a right to work state where the only right you have is to work for less, you know? So I, I don't think that, uh, well, it depends. The, you know, I, I've had full-time jobs like Intercom, I remember. They made me, and Cherry Creek when I was full-time for them, they basically made you sign something saying, you don't, you're full-time, and so you're going to work what you need to work. And if it goes over 40 hours, you're not, you're not eligible for overtime. You're signing right. away your overtime rights. So I so, would bet they do something similar for this work schedule. A, a salary, though? I mean, I, I can see if you're on salary and, and you have to work some overtime because there are a lot of salary positions where – they're yeah. like, okay, we're paying, but they factor in paying you a little bit more to, yeah. to get that right. And maybe that's that what right. the schedule is. We're going to pay you an extra two bucks an hour and you're going to sign away overtime. Or they're just going to pay you overtime for those extra two hours. That's not that big of a deal. Uh, so I don't know. But yeah. I, I would imagine there's some labor law issues here, but apparently they've addressed it because they're doing it at this one Chick-fil-A. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, I've been intrigued by the idea of a four-day work week. A lot of countries do that. And... You know, weekends, man. I mean, all of us cherish that time so much. But by the time you hit Sunday afternoon, you know, you're already gearing up for Monday. So the idea of pulling four tens, like you were saying, and then having three days off, I would be all over that too. Yeah. Well, no. I've also seen some European countries where, and I think it was in Norway, um, one of the Scandinavian countries, where their whole thing is, is like, why am I paying you to – why am I making you stretch your workday out eight hours? If you come in and you do your work and you get everything done in five hours, yeah. you still get paid for the full eight hours. Yeah. But then you you get to go off and pick up your kid at school and, and all that sort of thing. So That's how Nick of- and I work currently. That's how I run the company. You know, like, here's what you got to get done. You get it done whenever you want to get it done. You can work yeah. eight straight hours. You can split your day up. You can come back on at midnight. And even before Nick and I, that's how I, that was a deal I set up with the with Cherry Creek Radio when I worked for them. I told yeah. them, like, I will not work a nine-to-five schedule. I've got kids. i got things to do. You tell me what needs to get done every day. If it ever is not done by midnight, you feel free to come after me. Otherwise, leave me alone. I'll come and go as I please. And I love that. Well, well, yeah. And so the, the whole idea is, is, like, as long as you get your work done, 
why am I going to make you come here and stretch it out over over eight hours yeah. if you can get it done in five hours and you're just as productive and nothing suffering from it? That's all I care about. I'm get I'm getting the because otherwise people are like wasting time during the day. Absolutely, there's only certain kind of jobs though that works. Like a, a restaurant yeah, wouldn't work, obviously, but you know no. other types of jobs it would. So. I don't know. Nick, what are your thoughts to split your schedule up? Does that make it worse that you, no. you know, spread it out over the day and you're working at midnight or is that? No, because I have my option, dude. I, I, in fact, I can't think of going back to a schedule that I have to be there for a set amount of hours. I mean, I've got certain points in my day, obviously that I have to have certain things done by this point, mm-hmm. but for the most part, I mean, if I wanted to, I could do it the night before, you know, in a lot of cases, like I, I the flexibility of having a, a flexible schedule is so good for your mental health. I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I agree. And I like working from home. You know, my sister during the pandemic, it drove her nuts working from home. I prefer it. I do. Right, just let me get my work done when I need to. I like being able to just jump in the office and work for a few hours, go downstairs, sit on my own couch, you know, make food and watch my own TV. So I did. I will it. say this, that I have, uh, that I wish I could have the best of both worlds. I wish that I could have an office to go into when I wanted to, because I do miss the camaraderie of being around other people and fucking around at work together. Uh, I miss that, you know, but I wouldn't trade it all for what I have now. I just wish I could have a hybrid, you know. I hear you. Sometimes I miss that, but most of my coworkers annoy me, so I prefer to have a little gap. In all seriousness, and and Nick, you know this, and I think Stacy even knows it at this point. I'll I'll name her. Uh, She was such a time bandit. She would yeah. come in my office and just talk and talk and talk. And at one <laughs> level, it's good bonding and, you know, getting to know each other better and sharing your... But there would be a time where I'm like, I have shit to do. I am at this <laughs> office to get stuff done. Like, stop coming in here. Yes. So yeah. working at home eliminates that. Call me or text me and I can choose to answer or not. Otherwise, leave me be. Yeah, Rachel deals with that in her work, you know, of people who just want to constantly... And there, it's like a team of different, you know... 12 different people on her team. So, you know, one will come in one, then they'll leave. Another one will come in like enough already, dude. I said, you got to put something up on your door. I mean, I I know you like to have an open door policy, but you got to put up like, Hey, between two and four, Hey, come on in. Exactly. Yeah. And I think Nick used to recommend that to me. Just start closing your office door. That will tell them not to come talk to you. It's a fine line because some of that, like I said, it's good bonding and rapport and all that. Howie does it to me nowadays too. And um, I've gotten this technique down of, I think I read this somewhere. I just stand up, stand up. Everyone knows you're done when you stand up. Like, all right, standing, like, go ahead and wrap this up. Leave now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I find myself with Howie in particular of having to make an excuse of you know what I got yeah, I got to jump on a call in about four minutes here. What's been what's new with you? Yeah. <laughs> Howie and I have been working together for so long in person. He's basically become my work wife. So nowadays I'm pretty comfortable. Like, hey, dude, I got shit to do. Get out of my office. <laughs> you know, like, right, damn. right. But yeah, and scene exactly. Yes. I'm out. All right. So yeah, okay. I'm all down for the uh, short work week, though. I, yeah. I don't know when we're gonna do it, but we need to do it soon. All right. On the uh, on the work environment thing here, I have an article uh, talking about the five work personality traits that are actually forms of anxiety. Huh. 
Should we run through them and let's see if any of us uh, identify as these and or if I can identify any of you as these or vice versa? I can't believe I'm doing this with my pants off. Oh, (laughs) well, we can't see you, Brewski. It's fine. Uh, Yeah, let's go over them, Harness, please. All right. So number one on the list, perfectionism. Now, I am one of these people that prides himself on being a perfectionist. I often say in job interviews, like when they ask, what's your weakness? I'm a perfectionist. I just care too much. Yeah, you give the uh, Michael Scott office interview. So this little blurb literally starts off, being a perfectionist is a popular answer candidates give when asked about their biggest weakness in a job interview. Because having high expectations of yourself and others is generally seen as an acceptable trait. Right. But being a perfectionist is actually a form of anxiety. Nikki Lanchez Drew, a licensed psychologist, said that it's a trait that most people associate with anxiety. Quote, it's about control, having it or being able to control who gets it if you don't want it. A big work project that is supposed to be a team project might turn into a solo one for the person who has this trait as everything needs to go their way because they believe that their way is the best way. Sure. I have said a hundred times that the reason our staff is so small at the radio station is when people leave, I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to do it myself because I can do it better than you anyways. And I'm going to waste all this time training someone. So I've had multiple positions leave the station where I'm like, I'm just going to do it myself. Save on payroll. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, But unfortunately, I bring it into all areas of my life and it's not the healthiest thing to do for ourselves. I've learned through years of therapy that I do that in my relationship of where like I bitch about Rachel not doing enough, but all the things that I'm bitching about are things that I have said, let me just do it because I know I'm going to do it my way, which I feel like is the right way. And I've had to learn to let up on that. Hey, if you're going to ask her to do this, then you got to be happy with the job that she does or how she does it. And sometimes I just cannot do it. It eats me up inside of like, seriously, that's how you're doing that. Like, please just give that to me. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I had that in my marriage where, um, you know, Jamie would just do the dishes. But then I learned years later, she was just doing them because I wasn't. And so she just, instead of bringing it up and talking about it, she just said, fuck it, I'm going to do it. But then she built up all this resentment. And I, when it finally came out, I was like, you never asked me to do the dishes. She's like, because I knew you wouldn't or I wouldn't, you wouldn't do it right. So I just did it myself. So it's like, which one of us fucked up here then? You for just doing it or me for not recognizing it? Like, Yeah, no, 100%, dude. I mean, there were times, speaking of dishes, like, when Rachel would do the dishes and she knows that something that like I do 95% of the time. And we've had discussions before of like, I wish this was a little bit more even, or sometimes I wish you'd do them. Uh, And then when she would do them, I would find myself going back in and doing them the way I thought they should be done. And what a fuck you to her, dude, to, you know, why was she, why would I even waste my time? If you're going to come in and redo it, I already did it. You know, and it gave you anxiety though, right? That's the point of this anxiety. article. That's right. 
Yeah. Let me ask you a question on that topic because I'm the same way. I always, uh, after I made this epic mistake in my marriage, I became like obsessive about cleaning and doing the dishes and keeping everything orderly because it, it was part of what ruined my marriage apparently. So right. I'm not let dishes, you know, fuck up my next relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, when I was with the ex-fiance there, I, I always did the dishes, but there were times where I, you know, I would bitch about it. Like, you know, maybe you could do the dishes once or twice. Right. When she would do it, it drove me nuts. When she would put the silverware in the dishwasher holder, she would do it pointing up. The forks, mm-hmm. the knives, the spoons would all face up. See, dude, these Broke are the exact. Nuts. That's not how you load the dishwasher. I have issues with. That's the exact same thing. Like, I gotta <laughs> unload this shit now because you did it wrong. And BT Dubs, do you know that you can fit so much more fucking shit in this dishwasher if you play Tetris with it? Like, why are yeah. you throwing pots and pans in the dishwasher? Yes. We hand wash those. <laughs> oh, that was the other thing. My ex was all, we hand wash certain things. I'm like, why? Put it in the dishwasher. We're running it. There's no room. Well, because you've loaded it like a child. Like, do Tetris well, and put the shit in smart. Well, I, I actually have certain things that I will only hand wash and I wouldn't, we don't have a dishwasher here, but I wouldn't put it in, in the dishwasher. Why? Uh, well, because, well, I have a, a really great set of uh, kitchen knives. Uh, my chef's knife has to be washed and then dried with a, with the, otherwise it gets rust spots on it. Same, uh, same 100% brisky. My oh, knives okay. that I have are, uh, easily a couple hundred dollars a piece and yeah. I will not put them in the dishwasher. Listen, and then, for select items like that, I get, and there are certain things they say don't machine wash. So okay, but you know, my ex wanted to hand wash almost everything. My my um my, I shouldn't. I'm going to sound really hoity when I say this. Please do. Back, I have put some, a monocle in though while you tell me. <laughs> I wish I had a monocle right now. Um, uh, I have some Tiffany silverware that I tend to break out to to eat I with see. on like holidays. Sure, sure, you sure. know stuff like that, and that's a. Because it's it's actual silver. Yeah, it, dude. It, it I wouldn't put that be, in a dishwasher. Are you kidding me? It actually me? has to be hand washed and dried and all that sort of thing. I know it sounds hoity, but that's no, hilarious. Dude. I love it. Sounds and do you fresh. put the silverware in face down or face up? We don't have a dishwasher here, so you know. Have you ever but, owned a dishwasher? Yes, yes. Um, well, what's the right answer? Well, the knives in particular, I'd always put face down, no matter what, because it's a safety thing. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Unloading the dishwasher when everything's facing up, you're jabbing yourself on forks, knives. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. sure. Forget about the safety of it, dude. When you unload a dishwasher, if you put things, uh, the forks face up like that. They're not getting the water. I get it. What you're going to eat with, with your hand as you're unloading. Yes, you're having to grab it. I like to grab a cluster by the handle and then put them into the Me slot. too. Gotcha. We could do dishes together, Steve. We're all right. Right. But again, it's because it gives us anxiety. So I think this yes. article is correct. So yeah. uh, the second point here, which may be directly related, uh, people pleasing. Being the person who always agrees to help can make you well-liked in the office. But there's a tipping point at which being a team player can start to do more harm than good. Quote, you're the employee of everyone's dreams. You say yes to everything that is asked of you. Cover that event? Sure. Add this project to your to-do list? Absolutely. Get it done by tomorrow? No problem, says Shannon Garcia, psychotherapist in uh, some college. Um, But if you are noticing that you are saying yes, even when you don't have the time or energy, you are people-pleasing and is actually sacrificing too much of your own well-being for your job. Yes. 
This yeah. has been, I've had to learn this the hard way because it is me. I will, uh, I've done that for years. I've gotten better in the, well, maybe in the last five or six years, I suppose at being able to say no, uh, because I do, I am a people pleaser. I, in all aspects of my life, but, yeah. uh, I also have, a hero complex and they kind of coincide with each other mm. and they do oftentimes more damage than, you know, are, they're doing good for me. So, yep. Bruski, you ever suffer from that trait? You want to do everything at the job or no? Um, not everything, but you know, sometimes there are things that you know that you're going to have someone do it, delegate it to somebody and they're just going to fuck it up and you're going to have to redo it. Yeah. You know, like, you're like, fuck, I'll just do it myself. I'll just do it myself. That's the, yeah, that could be part of the perfectionist thing, too. Yeah. yeah. I think that when I was not the boss, I did that all the time. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I wanted to be the all star and the hero. Yeah. Thing for promotions or raises or whatever else. But I don't know. I, when I uh, became the boss man, I guess I gave less of a shit. <laughs> well, <and laughs> Although it's not true because, like I said, I just told people, like, you're quitting. Fine. I'll do your job for you. I got this. And sometimes, and I don't know if you guys are ever guilty of this, just being too agreeable. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. That just just always that like you're the one that's always agreeing to meeting times and shit like that when it doesn't always work and that sort of thing. When yeah. other, and other people aren't giving in and that sort of thing, like hey, you know, work with me a little bit. You know, yeah. I do that certainly in the workplace, but I do it way more in my relationships. Oh yeah. What do you want? I'll do it for you. And I yeah. thought that that was building me some sort of credibility of what a great guy, but then it turns out it wasn't appreciated at all. Yeah, it's just a big waste of time. Awful. Can't happen all the time, dude. You uh, set up unrealistic expectations of who you are and what you do. Yes. But then it does also create a scenario in which people don't uh, they don't appreciate it, dude. I mean, exactly. I would do it all the time if I felt appreciated. But as soon as I see people taking advantage of it, that's when I get epically pissed off. Yeah, I'm out. Yep, yep. So, yeah, you, you paint yourself in a corner, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the third thing here, and again, these are, uh, what was the banner headline here? The uh, five work personality traits that are actually forms of anxiety. Uh, number three on the list is procrastination. Uh, this is usually, well, nah, let me <laughs> I was going to say, usually I don't do this, but I've become so overwhelmed of late because every time someone quits, I take on their job, and then I end up having so many things to do that I procrastinate on some of them. Yeah. Uh, if being assigned a project fills you with dread, you may put it off to avoid dealing with it, uh, but it helps to recognize where your impulse to avoid hard things is actually coming from. Quote, if you find yourself avoiding certain people, places, or tasks at work, it may actually be your anxieties taking over. You may avoid eating lunch in the break room because of social situations that cause anxiety. You may walk out of your way to not pass this one person's cubicle who always wants to talk. <laughs> You're worried it's going to be awkward. And worse, you may not go for a, a promotion because interviews always make you uncomfortable. Not the last one for me, but all that other stuff. Yeah, that boy, that does. Actually. Yeah, no, for sure. I could see a lot of that in me. I'm a terror. I've been a procrastinator my entire life, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, a terrible procrastinator. It's ruined my life in a certain aspects. My father was a procrastinator and uh, he modeled it to me perfectly for years. And 
yeah, being a procrastinator is terrible. It is something I've tried to get better at over the last, uh, you know, I guess it was six, seven years. Uh, but am I great at it? No, dude, I procrastinate every day of my life still. <laughs> yeah. I I'm, I'm with you on that, Nikki. That's why, that's why you and I bond so well, I think. Yeah. And I mean, it really does ruin my fucking life because I get mad at myself every time I, I procrastinate to the, uh, right to the edge. If everything that I'm going to do doesn't go perfect and, and I have run out of time. And what I mean by that is like, sometimes when I go on to get on the air, for the day I have to, my show starts at, you know, 10 Oh two officially, I suppose, but I'll push it up until, uh, you know, nine 59. <laughs> and if my computer loads, like it's supposed to, and everything happens as it's supposed to, I'll be on the air on time. But if one little thing fucking goes wrong, I'm not dude. And it, it just stresses me out and kills me. I know yeah. you should fucking start that 10 minutes earlier, dude. You'd be great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> It's funny, you know, I uh, historically in my jobs, I usually don't procrastinate, but I've always had jobs that the daily list is uh, attainable, like you can actually get through it. Ever since I became the general manager, you know, there's this joke in all my relationships about my daily to-do list. It, it's impossible to get through. So every day ends with me bumping stuff to the next day, and sure. it just snowballs over the weeks and months. And there's just a point in every day where I give up on my work day. Like, I'm not, I can't get to these 10 more things like they're going to have to be wait for tomorrow and then yeah. tomorrow it's the same thing maybe you get to one out of ten but then you add two more things i mean it's just it's a snowball for me yeah um, and yeah that causes all sorts of anxiety for me to say the least yeah. uh this note that what they were saying though about avoiding co-workers i mean if i see nick knows this i hate using the men's room with uh, with other people like I'm not in there to chit chat with you, and we used to have this problem on commercial breaks when we did the talk show. Like you know, we all only have four minutes to go pee, and I would if someone else was going, I would just hold it till the next break because I don't want to run into you in the bathroom. And I will I do this all the time. Not only like Howie, if um if I show up and I know he's in the bathroom, I will either wait or sneak around him and hope he's leaving the building before I'll go into the bathroom. I got this one guy that works down the hall. Our bladders seem to just be in unison. And we're always going to the fucking bathroom at the same time. And there <laughs> has been bother you so much. Uh, the awkwardness of it. I need to focus and concentrate to let everything flow. And if I'm worried about, uh, did he start peeing yet? No, he, he can hear I'm not peeing. This is taking too long. Like there's too much silence here. Oh, now he's peeing. Now I can camouflage it or that, or, or God forbid you're one of these guys that wants to talk while you're taking a leave. Hey, buddy, how's your work day going? Hey, hey, this is where all the dicks come to hang out. Oh, am I right? Or am I right? like, stop talking to me. Stop talking to me. I have walked out in the hallway fright? before. Do you get stage fright? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I got to focus to get that flow going. And this guy that works in our building, like there's been many times where we walk out together and now I'm like, well, I'm in the hallway. I can't turn around, <laughs> but we walk to the men's room and he turns in to hold and he holds the door. I'm like, no, no, no. Going out to my car, going out to my car. And I'll just wait for him to go in the bathroom and then I'll go back in the station and just wait 10 minutes and then I'll go. That's hysterical, dude. I, I suffer from stage fright as well. I'll always go in and give it the college try, though. But the most uncomfortable place for me to urinate is when I'm at like a concert 
in in a, just a fucking restroom full of 15 guys trying to piss next to each other. Yes. Uh and you know everyone's joking and laughing and some people are pissing in the in the stalls and I know you dirty assholes didn't put the seat up and, <laughs> and somebody's going to have to take a dump during the show and walk in and find your piss all over the seat. You dirty fucker. I so, hate Go ahead. I will but I have the problem of I will go in and try and go pee. And if it doesn't get started in about a 20 second period, uh, I have talked myself out of being able to do it. But then I am too uncomfortable at that moment to put my dick in my pants and go to, and leave. So I <laughs> sit there staring up at the ceiling, shaking my shoulders and acting like I'm peeing and then, right. you know, give myself about 45 second pee and then go wash my hands and leave and then turn around and come right back in, hoping <laughs> that I yeah. can go this time. I have fake peed before where I have been in the men's room and the guy will come in. Hey, Steve, how's it going? I'm like, like I didn't get started yet. So then I'll pretend like yep, I'm done and I'll leave and I'll just wait a couple of minutes and come back in. I mean, it's, it's yeah, you know, we, we had a coworker at Intercom in Seattle uh, who worked for the rock um, that I would run into in the bathroom. I don't know why he'd always come in the bathroom. We'd always end up coming in at that same time. And, um, and I'm standing there doing my thing. He's with the urinal next to me. And they would turn and look right at me and say, hey, Brewski, what's going on? How's it going over there? Everything Ugh. going all right and everything? That, that is yeah. violating men's room etiquette. I well, hate it. And, and if, you, if I told you who it was, it was, it was Ryan Castle. And mm. you, you can see him just doing it because he knows he's fucking with you. Uh, dude, you I'll know? tell you what, I have done this before where if we are in an uncomfortable situation in the bathroom peeing together or even with strangers, uh, I will look over and just whisper, make eye contact with me. <laughs> <laughs> People would don't do that. usually like that, but uh, I always like it. So. It is the worst situation when you're at a major event, you know, a concert or whatever it is, and there's a line and everyone's just standing there waiting for an opening in that trough. Yes. And I go up there and I'm standing there and I'm like, there's a hundred eyes on me right now. I feel it like yes. pee already pee already. And <laughs> I, I will, I, I'll either just ride it out and, you know, go to my happy place and just focus and finally let it go. Or yeah, there's been times I abandoned ship and I'm like, I guess I'm not peeing this hour. Yep. I will too, dude. I'm in the same position. I also love the guy that you've all seen before. He's peeing or you're peeing and he walks in and he'll start peeing. He'll be like, Ooh, cold in there, isn't it? And I'm like, dude, water's cold. Yeah, water's cold today, isn't it? And I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, dude, come on, please. And now I'm thinking about e either how tiny your dick is or how big your dick is. I shouldn't be thinking about your dick at all, though. So I was going to say, why? What's the urge to brag about your dick to other guys in the men's room? That's <laughs> right. that's yes. weird in every several uh, every sense of it. So, so I would I, hope I, that we are past the age of wanting to be like, yeah. I got a huge one. <laughs> you know? I got a huge penis. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, why is, why was that ever a thing where we had to like, be like, yeah, I'm really big down there. It's I'll an immature guy thing. And yeah. so that guy is also nervous. That's why he's making that joke too. You know, yeah. he's cover up for his own, you know, <laughs> right. Anxieties. So, I had a, I had a coworker at this place where I sold cars in Tacoma 
and you'd be in the stall. Oh, he would do this sometimes on the lot when you're just kind of walking around. He'd come up behind you, and he'd get like right on your b- b- behind your back, and he'd put his hand on on your arm, and he'd say, "Just relax, just let it happen, nice and easy." Right. Oh, so sometimes he'd do it to you when you were when you were taking a leak. So the, I'm standing yeah. and taking a leak this one time, and dude oh. comes walking up right behind me, just to fuck with me, and and he's like. Ooh, yeah, that's right. Just let it happen. No, no worry. No. Nice and easy. That's and terrible, just... and I don't know what those people's problem are, but I know people <laughs> like that for sure. Nick, I mean, there's there's no reason it... you can't turn around and pee on them, dude. At that <laughs> point, but when he did it to other people, you thought it was hilarious. Sure, but but when he did it to you, you were like, "Oh, what are you doing? Stop it! Stop yes. it!" Well, one of Nick's favorite pranks, you know, we used to work at a radio station together in Seattle, and Nick would occasionally have interns in there that he was training, you know, for college credits or whatever. And, yeah. Nick, you know, I would go on the air, and Nick would tell the the intern, like, hey, Harness loves it if you would just go massage his shoulders while he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and this one fucking intern, sure as shit, I'm on the air, and I just feel these hands on my shoulders, and I just, like, tense up. I'm like, what? what? Get your fucking hands off. <laughs> like, I get through my break, but then I take my headphones. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, Nick said. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, too. We're, your first mistake. Radio, yeah. we're working at a radio station where uh, <laughs> the breaks are only you know, 15, 30 seconds long. Yeah, so it's quick. not like uh, he, he had to just work through it. <laughs> Everything was tight. Right. And this guy would walk up and just start rubbing his shoulders. And I could just see Steve dying inside. Yeah. There's nothing funnier to me, dude. There's but I maintained on air, right? We, you wouldn't have been able to tell. Exactly. Professional. Very oh. professional. Nick and I used to have a lot of stuff like that that really was hilarious. You know, I'd be doing a break and my microphone would just start slowly moving away from my face. Nick, Nick would sneak around the council and start pulling on the microphone stand to pull it away from me. You know, you redo things on the board so everything doesn't play right. I mean, it's kind of fun. The thing that's so funny, dude, is that we were working for, you know, uh, $80 million radio station. <laughs> you got these idiots in there like saying, how can we ruin this show? <laughs> Just fucking with each other. It's office style pranks with each other, but yeah. Oh, you got an audience out there totally, uh, you know, not seeing oh. the joke, but potentially hearing things go astray. So I'll never forget, dude, we had a news lady, very sweet lady. Her name was Liz Summers and uh, she was middle-aged newswoman. And she was the kind of person she didn't cuss, you know, she was just kind of a sweet, a sweet lady. So one morning I'm in there uh, filling in uh, for the producer and her new studio, if you'll remember, boys in the intercom building was in a different studio, right? Yeah. Right next door. though. Yeah, right next door. So you could see each other through glass. But I snuck into her studio during her news break. She did a news break, then a 60-second spot, and then she would do the second half of her news break. Uh-huh. So I sneak into her studio on my hands and legs, oh, crawling, and get behind her board. And as soon as she gets on the air and says, like, I'm Liz Summers, blah, 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 KBSG News, and starts getting into it, 
I creep up and am holding an eight by 10 picture I've printed off of Hillary Clinton with a huge dick. And, and, <laughs> and I come up from behind her board and it's just my idiot face smiling, holding this picture above my head, dude. I have never seen an older lady lose it on the air. And I thought she was going to be so mad, but she thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Hilarious. You ruin a major broadcast and violate probably multiple human resources rules. Oh, 100%. She was morning show. I mean, those spots were expensive. Dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The sales team probably didn't love it either. That's great. Oh, that's so funny. All right, let's uh, let's finish our uh, five okay. work traits that may actually be your anxiety. I think I've right. already outed myself on this one. Number four, micromanagement. Oh. If a person is dealing with anxiety, some of that may come out in the form of micromanaging. Now, I don't micromanage the employees per se, but like I say, I just take it all on myself and just do it anyway. So, Similar to a perfectionist, a micromanager may have a strong need to control the tiniest details of every task, even if it makes them unpopular with coworkers who find them to be overbearing. Uh, yeah. Uh, this uh, therapist says for anxious micromanagers, quote, your move is to try to control the environment, to try to make sure you're on top of it, in charge of it, uh, have a hand in every single thing that's going on, because uh, you think if I don't do it, it won't get done or it will get done poorly and that will come back uh, to uh, to bite me. So, oh, yeah. That doesn't I think we've all admitted so to some of this. Yeah. What's that, Nick? But that doesn't that one doesn't get me too much. I, I don't micromanage people and uh Yeah, but you micromanage yourself though, right? You take on the task because you want it. Like it said, you just yeah. with Rachel, yeah, I'd rather just do the dishes myself. And yeah. then saying that's part of micromanaging. Let me I'll just do it myself. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So those are your anxieties. We've got a lot of anxieties between the three of us. Did we have them all? All of them? Uh number five, I don't know about. Uh, number five is busyness. If you feel like you always need to plan happy hours uh, and keep up with every coworker's social life to be the best employee, reflect upon where your need to be in everybody's business is coming from. Uh, nope. This therapist said the desire to keep yourself involved could stem from the anxieties or fear of not being liked or accepted by your coworkers. I don't. Th mm -hmm. I, I don't do this one. Nope. <laughs> I don't give. I don't give a shit what your opinions of me are. So I don't. I don't. I don't need to know your business. You know, you do your own thing. If we happen to run into each other after work or we're heading out the same the door and we're both heading towards the same bar, sure, I might have a drink with you, but I don't need to plan, like, let's have an after work cocktail hour for the team. Right. You know, the one thing I probably fuck up on as a boss, but it, it stems from this. I don't I don't do holiday parties. I don't give a shit. I don't want to socialize with you. I'd rather give you the week off or give you some sort of cash bonus or something. I, I, we all need to go have a mixer together. It's probably good for morale if we did, but I don't do them. It's so hard to say, though, because uh, when I'm thinking about these questions, I work with my friends, so it doesn't sound terrible to me. But if I'm having, you know, a Christmas party with, you know, other people that we've worked with, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. Yeah. No, I, uh, you know, the, the staff has weaned down over the years at the, the radio station of ours. And, um, you know, back in the day we, we did do parties, but I was never the one planning it. And there was more than one holiday season where it would come up where I was the general manager and someone would be like, are we planning a party? 
And I'd be right. like, oh, yeah, I guess we should. Let me, <laughs> let me slap something together here real quick. Yeah, I don't need that at all. And I don't, well, I mean, I know people in my life that are like that. Uh, I have a cousin who is so into, she's like a drug addict when she gets info about someone else's life. Like she wants the tea. She wants the drama. She like, she wants to be a part of it and to be able to tell other people like, Hey, did you hear freaking uh, what happened to Judy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like she loves that dude. And I want nothing to do with it. I, yeah. I don't want in it. No, that's common for sure. And I'll tell you one of my first, I don't know, realizations that I was the boss when I first got promoted to general manager at the stations. Um, you know, everyone would always gather around the sales cubicle desks and gossip about the company and the stations and this employee and that employee. Uh, I was always right there with them, um, sometimes just, you know, eavesdropping and being part of it, but other times, you know, joining in the conversation. But yeah, one of the first few days I was uh, promoted to general manager, I remember walking out in the cubicle world and everyone stopped talking. Oh, uh, because now I was the man. Now I was the one they're gossiping about and, yes. and throwing under the bus. Oh boy! So it's that was a, a weird uh, realization. That, that's been a hard realization for uh, <laughs> Rachel to realize that, like, all of her employees are not going to like her. Like, she really has an issue of wanting to be liked by her employees. Mm. And when I told her, you're not going to be liked by everyone. I mean, they'll like you most of the time, but some of them are not going to like what you do all the time. And you just got to be okay with that. Yeah. Remember when the conversations that you and I have at dinner about your employees, they're having about you. Yep. Yeah. It's unavoidable it for sure. I mean, you got to just try to do what you think is right. And, you know, sometimes you get feedback you may want to address, but um, yeah, for the most part, no, you're never going to win them all. And they're never all going to love you. So, and they probably aren't supposed to, you're probably being too amenable of a boss. If there's no complaints at all. Yeah. 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 So, yeah it's fun stuff. Well, all right, this is an anxious crew, dude. Apparently, but we're getting shit done. So is that what matters at the end of the day? Yeah. Must be <laughs> apparently, but slowly killing me. Yes. I told my uh, date last night, like, you know, the pandemic, you know, trying to survive that as a small business owner has been brutal. I said, you know, I had no gray in my beard uh, three years ago, <laughs> but now I do. It's taken over. It really has. And that's see, halfway uh, a joke, but not entirely. No, I, I uh, was watching Obama on something this morning and I thought it is crazy just to see what that eight years did to you, my friend. Yes. Like you had no gray. You are all gray. Yep. Yeah. The, the White House always ages people, but it did not for Trump. And my no. theory is because he didn't stress about anything. He didn't give a shit he about anything. He didn't do anything. He had, he, had, right. he had fucking executive time from 11 to 2 every day. <laughs> exactly. He wasn't actually working or stressing, so why would it age him? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he played a lot of golf at his own resorts and made money playing on his own courses. Right. But somehow that's not a controversy. So. And got real sniffy in the, in the process, too. Yes. Oh, that sniffy thing, dude, just bothers the shit out of me. I can't listen to a person do a, a speech. And that first debate with Hillary, or maybe it was the, the after the uh, tape came out about grabbing by the pussy. Remember how we all anticipated, like, wow, how's this debate going to go? And he obviously got through it. But that whole debate was filled with. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you think it's a coke habit or you think it's just some nervous tick? Nope, it's coke habit. You think it is for him? I know it is for but, his son. 
okay, think about this. He came up in the seventies in New York City, right? Sure. Yeah, you, you know, I have no and, doubt that during his New York City party days he did blow. But you really think he's still doing it nowadays? I think it's destroy his I, nose and that's no, I, th- I, th- I think it's I think it's maybe um, moved to Adderall. You think Trump is snorting Adderall? Uh, that's exactly. a fact. <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it's. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. I think he's on some sort of some sort of drug like that. Adderall, some coke, probably. Yeah. So what absolutely. you're saying that Trump is a drug addict? Absolutely. Uh, that's a fact. <laughs> I'll say that equivalently. One hundred percent. He is a fucking druggie. He's a drug addict. Listen, he's one of those people that's such a public figure they're not allowed to sue us. So go ahead and say whatever you it want. It doesn't matter. Yeah, What's he gonna get out of me? I don't have shit. So come at me. I don't care. Yeah. He's a druggie. I'm trying to bait people into suing us, quite frankly, because we could use the. Yeah, we'd like to have so. some yeah. sort of lawsuit that we can get going yeah. here. Go ahead with your court transcripts and all that. So. Yes. Yeah. No, uh, you do see that uh, he is uh, still uh, 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 election denier and polling for uh, Carrie uh, Lake. Is that what her name is? Carrie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Carrie Lake. It's it's just comical uh, how this is turning out exactly like we thought it would. But how he is really feeding in in front of people that see, I told you a long time ago, dude, they're stealing it from us. They're stealing it. It's he all said, he's got. It's all you can defend when you're a loser to say the whole thing's rigged. Playing yeah. the hits. Yeah. Playing the hits. It'll be like interesting I, also to see what happens with Herschel here. Uh, the amount of money raised between the two uh, is much lower on Herschel's. Uh, uh, this campaign race. fund. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'll so, be curious to see who wins that. Um, I think Warnock might be able to pull it off, but I don't know. There's much less attention on it now that it's not a, you know, deciding factor for control of the Senate. Yeah, but they, they they had a really great turnout this past weekend for early voting, which the Republicans tried to stop. Yeah. Um, and and they said a really really it's uh, true. excellent turnout. Yeah. The problem is Democrats thrive at early voting. Uh, Republicans thrive on day of voting. So you got to wait till it all washes out to see which you know which category was bigger. I'm hoping that enough Democrats thought, oh fuck, we didn't think that was going to be close. I will. I'm going to go vote. I got to go vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll see. All of this and so much more as the world turns. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we got to wrap this thing up, everybody. Find us on all the social medias. Reach out and touch us, literally, figuratively, whatever you want to do with that. But, uh, yeah, and uh, Wichita, Kansas, I'm still waiting for you to find us. Go to thevocalminority.net. we got a contact thing on there. Someone in Wichita, man, just every single episode, all the way through. So, And it's just getting brighter and brighter. Come on, Wichita. I'm telling you, Wichita has downloaded uh, by itself this one individual as much as the city of Seattle has. I mean, it's it's crazy in, in a good wow. way. So yeah, so yeah, and uh, Poland. If you're still listening, hey, come on, man, reach out. We want to hear from some of you people. So you know, find us and all that stuff. We got good things going on in the social media. Spread the word. Uh, we got to build the uh, the podcast side of it up. So if you're listening, uh, please seriously help promote us. Always recording a new podcast episode every Monday, dropping it early in the wee hours of the morning on a Tuesday. Yep. So find us there. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, I look forward to a week from now. Hopefully I will have been with all of the top three and I will have a a more solid update on that. But uh, hey, whoever knows. So, And Brewski, I want an update on this this woman that asked for your number. So yeah, pursue that. Yeah, yeah, you're going to uh, send her something tonight or tomorrow? What are we doing? Quickly. Yeah, probably. Th- I'll do it tonight. Yeah. 
All right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> All right. Booyah. All right, everybody. Any parting words of wisdom? Uh, well, why start now? <laughs> yeah, let's not get into that now, dude. Why ruin a good thing? Right. All right, audience. We appreciate it. Peace, peace. Talk to you next time. Peace and love. Sure. This is the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve.